All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, April 27th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, this is not the weekend preview episode of the B.O. Boys. And people right now heard me say that and they're like, what are you talking about? It's Friday morning. It's Thursday night. Is this a weekend? Pre-? This is the summer 2023 preview episode. And because it's a seasonal preview episode, there's one guest that we had to have, and that is Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co., fresh from CinemaCon, is here. Jeff, mm-hmm. welcome to the B.O. Boys Summer Movie Preview episode. Guys, it is an honor, as always, to kick off the summer season, which, as we all know, is the first weekend of May through that Labor Day weekend, which is usually in September, guys. And it's mm-hmm. going from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 to the Threequalizer. Yes, that's right. Sony has officially retitled it the Threequalizer. I convinced them at CinemaCon wow. that that's the way to go. They messed up with the Sequelizer. They are mm-hmm. going to turn it into the Threequalizer. You heard it here first, guys. Wow, breaking news immediately. And yeah, this is the summer 2020 threequel summer right mm-hmm. here. The summer mm-hmm. of the threequels, starting with Guardians all the way to Threequalizer. This is huge. So, Jeff, thank you for joining us on this huge episode. I remember we did this last year, summer review preview episode, and we all, I'm not going to go check the records, but I'm all pretty sure we all predicted Top Gun Maverick would be one of the biggest movies of all time, would crack the top six of domestic earners all time, make over a Billy. We all, we all said that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We did. Yeah. Clayton, I know did for sure. Uh, yeah, I know for sure I did. Yeah. 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 For sure. So for sure. It's time for us to get all of our predictions correct again. And no one will ever listen back a year from now and check, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. Uh, and the great thing about box office predicting, really, it's like if you mess up one week, next week, you are golden. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of the box office game. Yeah. Yeah. Box office stench. Clean slate every week. So Jeff, you are back from CinemaCon. You were in Vegas for the week. So before we get into our summer movie, tell us what are what are some of the big takeaways? What did you see at CinemaCon? Did anything open your eyes, change your mind, change your heart this week? Well, hanging out with Ezra Miller will do that to you. You know, um, I can't say that on the record. So just pretend that's off the record that he was there. Right. right. Um, The Flash, as you guys know, the Flash played there in its entirety. A couple of visual effects still need to be fixed. There was no tag on the film. But other than that, I, in my mind, I know what the DC universe is about now. I get it. I got it. And guess what, guys? I'm here to say, and before I say this, though, remember, I'm right now, I'm 51% hype because I was at the epicenter of cinema hype Mm. for four days, you guys. And it's still, I'm still feeding. It's still feeding off of me. You know, you know, I'm usually only about 22% hype right now. I'm, I'm, I'm 51% guys. Uh, So when I say the flash was really freaking good i I, you you believe about 25 percent of that okay right now i'm still saying it i'm still i saw it i think tuesday and i'm kind of still digging it you guys uh the batmans that show up you know i'm not going to give anything away but everybody's gonna who loves the batman is gonna love this film okay and that's 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 big guys it's big and it put it into that top 10 conversation for the summer for me after seeing it i'm like wow yeah okay listen marvel had their multiverse film dc has theirs and guess what there can be two multiverse films and it's gonna work 
it's uh, gonna and I think work. this thing's gonna work. And Ezra, it actually upstages Michael Keaton. Guys, wow! I'm here to say it. He he made he 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 made a lot of people cry in the audience, and that's hard now, to do knowing what's going up, I mean, what he's going up against. Ezra's made a lot of people cry these last few years, but you're saying <laughs> in an emotional, in way. cinematic yes. way. Okay, got yes. it. Got it. Exactly. Now, now, are you saying that because I think Ezra goes by they at this point? They he were might. not physically they there, might. right? They, they just two of them they, on screen, but they were not there, right? Yeah, and 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 I'm not going to even say it was two of them on screen. Well, and that's all I'm going to say. About wow. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh, this right. is incredible. Um, listen, I'm just going to say that Ezra's presence was there. They was behind the screen. I could tell, mm. and you could just feel the Ezra vibe was in Vegas. Uh, here's the thing, guys. If Warner Brothers, after all of that crap that went on with Ezra, is still behind this film, the 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 president of Warner Brothers calling it the best film he's ever seen, James Gunn calling it one of his favorite superhero films. Yes, they're they're obviously paid to say that, right? But I'm not paid by Warner nope. Brothers. I mean, they gave me a a few things. Maybe I was invited to a special room. But listen, guys, that that wore off quickly. Okay, and I'm here to say. It's freaking good for in in terms of a DC film and what you expect. It's it's it delivers guys in a way that I haven't felt a DC film has in a long time. It's funny. It's smart. It's humorous. It's all the things you want. Yeah, it does fan service, but it's all the things that you want from a superhero film. It felt like there's a reason that Warner Brothers showed this in the same way that Paramount showed Top Gun Maverick last summer because they 100 percent believe in it and they know they have a good product. Wow. Well, Tom Cruise has gone on record as saying that he loves The Flash, right? And he's a guy who saved the theatrical business. We all know this. Steven Spielberg has said it. And that trailer, we got a second Flash trailer. And listen, I'm no superhero fan. I mean, I do think, you know, the Michael Keaton Batman was such a huge part of my childhood. I mean, he is my Batman. Mm -hmm. And they really lean into him in this cool. new trailer. And I'm telling you what, if I wasn't so down on superhero movies in general, I would I would really be high on this. Like I just am fatigued when it comes to superheroes. So that worries me that it's a it's a flagging sort of genre of movie. But this may be one of the last big, big blockbusters that superheroes will have as a genre like huge blockbusters yeah clayton i think you're going to want to bring your inner child to go see this because keaton he is the batman we all deserve Mm. you know and we Mm -hmm. get it we get full batman it's not it's not a cameo it's a co-starring wow you know and he kicks major ass in exactly the way you want to see him kick ass in this film you know and and he's funny you know he's 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 Michael freaking Keaton as Batman, you guys. So he gets nuts. He gets nuts. Yeah, he gets totally he nuts, gets nuts in this. Wow. And he he says it in the trailer. Uh, you just watched the trailer, and you must not have gotten that part. But he says, "Do you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts." Yeah. He says it in yeah. the trailer. Yeah. Is- we all want to get nuts with Michael Keaton. So and he does. So he kicks as. Yeah, he kicks Ezra's ass a couple times. I mean, it's great. So, which I mean is needed. I'm, I mean, yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's what some people will go to see this film for. Yeah, they need a little bit of uh, of, of stern, uh, you know, this is a, a, a stern punishment in their life. I think. So, yeah, so absolutely. 
you know, as we head into the summer season, I mean, it's been a decade of movies dominated by superhero movies. And that has obviously waned in these last few years. I would say big time in the past year where you've had outright bombs from Black Adam, even though The Rock checked with the financiers and said it was profitable. We all know they were wrong. <laughs> and, you know, you've had underperformers for Marvel. Shazam was a bomb. Um, Ant-Man. Eternals. Media, Eternals. Like, but recently some big underperformers. So this summer, you've got Guardians, you've got The Flash. I mean, I think we all, we could talk about, it. I think we all agree Blue Beetle is kind of a toss-off weird movie that I don't even think DC is counting on. But uh, I could be yeah, wrong. Right. Have you heard anything good J- about Blue hey, Beetle? I, we saw about 15 minutes of footage, like of every other film. And I'll tell you, you know, and they brought the Karate Kid guy out, Zolo, or Zolo, I don't even know. I don't know what his name is. Sorry, guys. But he was out there doing his thing. Uh, to be honest, it looks like an HBO Max film. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. Yeah. And that's probably how it was conceived. They didn't really mention a budget, but it looks like, you know, honestly, if it costs more than 50 million, I'd be surprised. Wow. It just, it's, you know, it's not, it, it's just a very small film, but obviously James Gunn was pounding into this saying it's great. And, you know, you got the Latino angle and there's a lot of people, you know, rooting for this film. But I, to be honest, if I have to break it down, I'm like, yeah, look at that release date, you know, mid-August. You know what kind of films go there. I know what kind of films go there. That's that's not like a, a, a stamp of confidence from Warner Brothers releasing it in middle of August when kids go back to school. But I guess you could say, as an optimist, you can say, and I, like I said, I'm still 51% hype. Um, as an optimist, you could say, well, it could have a long runway as it heads into September. But I heard you guys talking about September, and it's pretty stacked with sequels, yeah. so it's going to get tough. Yeah, it's a it's a good sign, though, comparing this summer to last summer, that even something like Blue Beetle, which I don't think any of us are expecting much from, is still a bigger deal than what we were getting last August. You know, you look at August 2022, and it's basically Beast and 3,000 Years of Longing, and just just nothing coming out for them basically from bullet train on there was just months of just nothing so blue beetle if that opens to 17 million dollars or 20 you know that's yeah at least better than we've had in the last two summers and and i don't think you can sleep on the angle of the hispanic and latino demo who show up for movies they love they go to films they go to the theater and if this is something that entices them, they'll go see it. And that is a benefit to, you know, the theatrical uh, business and also to like DC in general. Yep. Yeah. And I, I will say this, the focus of Blue Beetle is on the family. It's not just, you know, how superhero origin stories are usually one man alone in the corner having to figure it out, his life. It's all about him. This really is about the Hispanic Latino family and helping him become blue beetle so they took a different angle as you would you would have to at this point right we can't just keep seeing these origin stories where they go at it alone um so that is you're right that's an interesting angle but again it just it's kind of cheesy you know what i mean in in a power rangers sort of way Um, yeah it does smack of power rangers which we know did never never got a sequel to that even though it opened it like yeah, forty million. I mean, it had a decent yeah. opening for a Lionsgate film. So, um, staying on the superhero movies, it's Guardians, it's The Flash. You've seen The Flash. You're obviously at fifty-one percent hype. That means Jeff, you are majority hype right now. Yeah. 
is there I'm never majority hype is half there, man half hype yeah <laughs> and I'm, you know 49 percent man let's be honest hi- guys. hype controls the voting shares right now when it comes to jeff so mm-hmm. is there a chance that of those two movies the flash will be the bigger earner this summer what are you feeling on guardians 3 oh, obviously cool. the tracking has there's been tracking reports that are lower than what we you know people would have wanted that it's tracking lower than guardians 2 obviously marvel has a little bit of a reputation problem right now coming off of quantum mania and you know jonathan majors news and just people's fatigue with all those shows is there a chance the flash is bigger than guardians 3 i'm throwing that out there i mean jeff i'll let you talk in a second but i'll say flash is going to be bigger wow i think that's, it is that's i big. think it is and and you're not wrong i think clayton i'm going to jump on this one too Listen, I know Guardian. The last Guardians did 863 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. Not off the top of my head, but because I wrote it down. Yep. And it made 389 million domestic, guys. Yep. Um, and that's big. That's big, right? We know that. But it's also not in the middle of anything important. What, phase four, phase five. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what phase we're in. It's not important. Everything's just kind of running um, off the conveyor belt right now for Marvel until something really good comes along. And uh, as nice as it'll be to close out this trilogy and ha- say goodbye to James Gunn, bye James, have fun at DC. Let's get that Marvel DC crossover going, you know, and maybe that'll happen, but you're right. This is more of a Batman film than a flash film. I mean, that's how they advertise mm-hmm. it. That's how they had to advertise it. Yep. And mm-hmm. they deliver that. They deliver even more. I, I can't remember what's in the previous. So I'm not going to say anything, but there's a lot more people in here than you expect to be in here in this Flash film. So it is it is more like a Justice League film and the one that you wanted. And that that word of mouth, I think, is going to propel this. You know, okay. it does open it does open against Pixar's Elemental. So it'll be interesting because I know Elemental is going to have the IMAX screens, but the Flash says they're going to be an IMAX too. So I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, build more know. IMAX. We've been we've been yeah, beating that yeah. drum for years well, now. Oh God! And they were there. IMAX was there in force. You know they want that to happen. Everybody was talking about IMAX at CinemaCon, um, but but the reality is, uh, Flash and Elementor are going to have to share those screens. I think, uh, mm. but I think word of mouth on the Flash, and because. People don't want these surprises ruined. And there's a lot of freaking surprises in this one. The last, mm-hmm. like the last uh, 15 minutes is going to blow people's minds. Jeez. So the thing is, everybody's going to want to see that opening weekend because you don't want that ruined. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I could see a month later. And, I, you know, none of the spoilers are going to affect me or most people. So that's Clayton's right. I think the Flash comes in with more heat. And there's been no Ezra sightings, and that's a good thing. So everything's going according to plan for Warner Brothers right now. Yeah, I mean, keep Ezra away. Yeah, Ezra away. I'm looking at some recent comp numbers. I mean, the Batman, the the Robert Pattinson version from last year, did 369 million domestic. I feel like the way you're talking about the Flash and the fact that it's a summer movie, you would think that that is in play and possibly more. So we're talking, could the flash be a 400, 450, maybe $500 million domestic. And then on the other side, you look at guardians uh, three, the second movie made 389 Thor love and thunder last summer made 343. I mean, my prediction is guardians three could do under 300. Is that, is that possible? Is Marvel fatigue that real where this guardians movie tops out? 
you know, between 280 and 320. Well, guys, Disney did not bring the force of Guardians of the Galaxy. Chris Chris Pratt wasn't there. None of the Guardians people were there hyping this yeah. machine. And if you and James Gunn only showed up on screen because, of course, he's filming uh, Superman right now. So right. he was there and trying to hype it up. So it, it's weird. This was the most underhyped uh, show of, of, of all Disney's films, and it's kicking off the summer. Yeah. That's weird to me. Yep. It's really weird. And why not show the whole goddamn thing, too, yep. while we're there? You got us sitting there, and you show the boogeyman instead of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is already finished. Don't you want us to hype it? Don't you want theaters to get excited? It didn't make any sense that they didn't show that, or The Little Mermaid, or Indy 5. Disney had a great chance to show something, and they chose to show the boogeyman. Wow. Are you freaking kidding me, Disney? They know there's a problem. They laid off a whole bunch of people last week. There's problems yeah. with Disney, guys. Yeah. There's problems. Yeah. yeah. And with Guardians, I think you nailed it, where it feels like it's a movie where everyone has moved on before it even comes out. You know, James Gunn yeah. has moved on. Mm -hmm. Chris Pratt possibly is not going to do much promotion for this. Dave Batista has bad mouth. You know, the, the the idea of being in these anymore. He's moved on. He's Dune too. He's looking for that Oscar yeah. nom nom nom. Yeah. So I don't see the stars. They did their Christmas special. And I think for them, that was the finale for them. I, I, I It doesn't feel like volume three is a big deal for any of the people involved with this movie. Well, Pratt has been everywhere. Okay. But it's he's only talked about Mario. Yep. I mean, that's yes. the thing is yep. that the full core press for yes. Mario took up all of his time. And this is an afterthought for him because, like you said, he's checked out. Yeah. He's out of there. And he's like, you know what? Everybody was always saying I was the worst Chris. Well, guess what? I'm out. I'm out of that <laughs> conversation now. Those other Chris's can do whatever they want with with uh, with Marvel. I'm done. I is got Chris super, I got Mario movies until the day I die. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a, that's a huge one up for him. He worked yeah. the turtle with that one guys does. Here's the thing is Chris mm -hmm. Pine, the number one, Chris in your guys's minds now. I mean, he's, yeah, I, I think, I mean, in my heart, in the yeah. box yeah. office, definitely not, in the not box. but in my yeah, heart no, for sure. In your heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but you know what? Listen, as an Italian American, I went into it with some reservations and Chris Pratt did my people proud with Mario. So I, I'm higher on Chris Pratt, but I agree. He's Mario. He doesn't care about Star-Lord anymore. Mario's his character. Yeah. That's the one he's doing movies with for the next 10 years. So Guardians, are we starting to feel like, obviously, this is going to be a huge hit. This isn't a quantum mania situation, but I think we're all feeling like this will be a low 300s domestic earner. Mm-hmm. And it's going to open like, at like 125. Like that does feel right. The the lower estimations. What did Thor end up doing? So Thor, Thor. ended up doing 343 domestic. And I think Guardians <sighs> will do less, but not much. You know, I do think low 300s make sense for Guardians. I can't imagine this being like, it, it's, it's going to end up 250. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go 350 only because of it's where it's released. It's yeah. got almost a month. Yeah. It's only got Fast X and Little Mermaid. So it's still going to plow into a little bit into Memorial Day weekend. And But that's the only reason. If it had dropped in late July, yeah, I agree. It would barely, it would hit 
you know, 320. But I'm going to just give it the benefit of the doubt. And the Disney the Disney dollars that go along with that double feature with Little Mermaid are going to boost it something fierce. You know okay. what I'm saying? So, yeah. But still, not that, that's still not a great showing. You know, that's no. still ending on a downturn. Yes, yes. I mean, I just feel like Marvel's got its perception issues right now. And that's going to hurt Guardians a little bit. So let's talk about you brought it up the the next big movie coming up after Guardians or one of the the big ones uh early in the summer is The Little Mermaid remake. And to me, I don't care what people say about how this looks. Special effects don't look good, you know, oh I don't know why are they remaking it. To me, all of these big Disney remakes of the late 80s, early 90s, you know, golden era, revival era, they've all been huge hits. Lion King was mm-hmm. a huge hit. Beauty and the Beast was a huge hit. The Will Smith Aladdin, I said his name, Will Smith Aladdin, huge hit. Huge leggy hit in the summer of 2019. So to it's me- a It's a billy. It's a billy, you guys. Yeah. Don't, don't say- we can't say Will Smith's name three times in a row or he'll show up and slap you. Did you know that? I'll, I'd love for that. I mean, that would be one of the, that would be the biggest thing that's ever happened in my life. If Will Smith magically and, and appeared and slapped It's like me. Bloody Mary. It's like Bloody Mary. You can't Imagine say the, the YouTube three times in a row. It's you guys have. I mean, if, if, if Will Smith showed up on this. Oh, on. it would be for sure be the big. title of this episode. We would title yeah. it. Yeah. Will, all caps, Will Smith slaps with a Z. The Bo mm-hmm. Boys yeah. and Jeff Bach that that would be huge. Yeah. So I think we would all appreciate that. So uh, Jeff or Clayton, if you what, what are your thoughts on this Little Mermaid remake? We got Melissa McCarthy as Ursula again. To me, I'm like this Beauty and the Beast. This is Beauty and the Beast all over again. And Little Mermaid to me is the biggest of that era of movies. So uh, yeah, does anyone have any disagreement here that this has any reason to quote unquote underperform? I want to hear Clayton's first before I go because I want to. No, I'm, I'm hoping th- there's something. so much Twitter mishigash about this movie, and it means nothing because this is a movie for kids. This is a movie that kids will go see, and they're not going to be listening to Twitter, and they're not going to be hearing about how it shot murky and everything looks like it's you know in the shadows and stuff. We don't know what the actual movie is going to look like on the big screen. And like you said, Pat, these are cherished classics. They're, they're going to be seen by a ton of people and then probably forgotten. Like, I mean, beauty and the beast was one of the biggest earners ever. And nobody ever talks about that movie, but you know what? Little kids watch it over and over and over again. And that's what little mermaid is. It's not, it's not supposed to stand the test of time as this like classic bit of filmmaking. It's just another way to take IP and exploit it. And it works. It hasn't not worked yet because they haven't reached the point where now they're doing like uh hunchback, Hercules. right? Or, yes. Yeah. Or Hercules, right? But I mean, Mulan was a bomb, but that was for different re- I mean, that was just, I mean, that release was just kind of bungled. But otherwise, these classic, this is like you said, in that classic run of Disney, it is a can't miss. Yeah. It's a can't miss. It, yeah. I, to, I I think we're all in agreement here. This is Mermaid McNuggets. This mm-hmm. is, goes down easy mm-hmm. for people. So easy. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. The merchandising is going to be off the chain. We know that. And 
the Lion King, listen, the Lion King was almost a shot by shot remake, right? And it mm-hmm. still is a Billy, guys. It's an easy Billy. Yeah. And everybody hates that film apparently now. And they're making mm-hmm. a sequel to that. So, And that'll make a Billy, guys. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. Twitter is just lies, lies, and more lies when it comes to box office performance, except for us, obviously. But mm-hmm. listen, this thing is is probably, it's pr- it probably has the best chance worldwide of all the films this summer to hit a Billy. I'm wow. going to say it. It's my number one film worldwide of the year. Wow. In terms of the summer, guys. The Little Mermaid okay. is going to kick all of these films' asses. Wow. So number one. Number, number one, one worldwide. I'm not going to say that it wins domestic, but it's going to be okay. close. Right. But worldwide, Little Mermaid is going to kick all those little films' asses. Asses. I mean, Beauty and, Beauty and the Beast 2017 did 500 million domestic, did another 700 worldwide. So there is a, I mean, listen, Little Mermaid could easily do 500 domestic. The only thing that could have stopped this Little Mermaid movie at the box office is that Melissa McCarthy's in this movie. And if it had been written and directed by her husband, Ben Falcone, like all of her movies mm-hmm. have been these last four or five years. Then I would say, yes, Little Mermaid will be a gigantic bomb and possibly a streaming series. But looking at the credits, Ben Falcone has nothing to do with the Little Mermaid remake. So Melissa McCarthy is finally going to have a hit again. And CinemaCon did show this pieces of this film. And guess who showed up? Melissa McCarthy singing her little song. And that's the that's actually the five minutes that they showed is her song, Ursula's big song. Oh, Um, and I have to say. She was kind of weak in it, uh, but the Little Mermaid herself was very good. People were singing along. The audiences were singing along. The theater, the theater, I mean, listen, you know who goes to CinemaCon, right? It is theater chains. It is everybody who works at theaters across not just America and Canada, but the world. There's a huge mm-hmm. international presence there. They loved this thing. They ate it up. And I thought it was, you know, again, it's like those other films that made a billion dollars. Eh, it's all right. But they ate it up this thing and when i when i saw that reaction i'm like yep this is how the rest of the world is going to react to this film they just want to see it because they love those songs those songs are earworms yep. that kicked off a golden age of musicals for disney it was the little mermaid then it was beauty and the beast and then the lion king or some something like that aladdin I, I was in there i think but those are, and aladdin was in there but yeah those are the four those, those are, the are the big, big four, four guys and yeah i know they're doing lilo and stitch and that's great and moana i think is going to be a live action as well and those will do okay but nothing like these four these four it's going to hit a billy guys because they all hit a billy yes yes so do you think now i know we're talking about summer but we we have to mention the 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 what is it eight eight thousand pound gorilla or whatever they say and in this case the donkey donkey kong but uh, more so Mario because isn't Donkey Kong in that anyway yes he's in it's it. a long Clayton, way of saying see that movie yes but yes I do not it. okay really quick though Jeff Bach have you have you uh, at all known about this controversy uh, about Pat wanting to force me to see Mario Brothers movie because it's the biggest movie and me saying I don't need to because I'm a box office pundit therefore I don't have to see the movies I only need to know about them do I have to see this movie because Is it going to be the biggest movie of the year? One question. And then the second question, follow-up, does Clayton, me, the B.O. Boy Clayton, have to see this movie in order to be able to report on it? How? Let me ask you this. How much time did you invest your childhood in playing Super Mario Brothers? 
the, any kind, any of the games, any of the inter- iterations. I'll be honest with you, not much. Oh, I didn't wow. have Nintendo as a kid. I would go over to my friend's Ooh. house, but we'd be playing ice hockey. We'd be playing, oh. uh, yeah. We would. I would not be playing and, Mario. The most I did was Mario Kart on sixty four. I okay. played a lot of that in high school. Okay. And how much time did you dedicate to like Sonic the Hedgehog or Sega? Any time? I had a Game games? Gear, so okay. I played a lot of it. Did you watch a lot of... Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I don't like where this is going. Well, I'm just, um, but I, yeah, I, just I do. Say, I, I did. I did. Saw, I saw both the Sonic oh. movies, but that was as a uh, civilian. That was uh, as yeah. a civilian. That was and, not to report on it. And did you see John Leguizamo's classic original Super Mario Brothers movie? I might have stumbled upon it on cable. I mean, I did watch the pest a lot though. I will say. Okay. Then I, I mean, I gotta, yes, you have to go see this film. It's 93 minutes of your life. That's it. That's it. it. So short. That's it. it is so short. And I think even though Jeff, if you knew my medical problems, you wouldn't be <laughs> talking about 90 minutes lightly here. Well, OK, but you know how quickly Universal loves to stream these things. So it'll be available for digital download. It's probably already there. It might be this week after this weekend. So, well, uh, you don't have to go question. to the theater. I think you can. I think you can. I think Pat it. thinks I do. Can I watch it at home? Pat. But you, if you do, you have to pay twenty dollars. I think. That's yes, the key. you could. You if you wire me twenty dollars, you could watch it on Peacock. <laughs> pay you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think Jeff was saying I do premium PVOD. Now, um, so it's okay. So Jeff is saying I need to see it. We're still continuing this conversation. We're going to have and to ask yes. Scott Mendelson as well. <laughs> and yes, it it I can't see another film topping it. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, it's so big. At, yeah, and you look at the runway it still has. Guys, when does the next tune, when does the next animated film open? Tell me, please. I mean, because I don't me know. Look. Obviously, Guardians will take some action from Mario, you know, because kids are going to go see that movie. Sure. It's basically a kid's movie, too. So I'm going to throw out a movie that, as we're talking about what could be the, the biggest movies of the summer, maybe this next one goes nuts and ends up being the biggest movie of the year. You, you guys tell me. Last year, other than Avatar Way of Water, the the big, big, giant movie of the year was, of course, Top Gun Maverick. This year, we've got Dead Reckoning Part 1. It's the newest Mission Impossible film. It opens the end of May. Could this possibly be the biggest movie this summer? Will it get a Maverick bump? And take these Mission Impossible movies up to a new level. So that that's a theory that's out there. Because obviously the Mission Impossible movies in the past have not been billion dollar baby level. They haven't been superhero level. But now Cruise is bigger than ever. So Jeff, could the new Mission Impossible movie Dead Reckoning Part 1 be the biggest movie of the summer? Before I went to CinemaCon, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have said yes. After going to Cinecon, CinemaCon, and even though I'm still 51% hype right now, mm-hmm. um, and seeing, being forced to sit through 20 minutes of <gasps> an action sequence in the middle of the film, wow. just a random action sequence, I'm going to say no, it <gasps> doesn't get that boost. Be- only because, like, Tom, I, I'm sorry, Tom Cruise looks, he looks tired. <gasps> he looks old. He looks like he had a lot of gray covered up. You know, in this film, wow. not to say that he's not the man like he was, but wow. think about when Maverick was filmed, like a lot, like what, 15 years ago. And then they had all that, you know, right. Yeah, it was I mean, delayed. 
Yeah, it was delayed a long time. And like he just, he, you know, it's 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 exactly like every other Mission Impossible movie in that, at least the 15 minutes that I saw, it, that after the film is done, you're like, I think that was pretty good. But then a week goes by and you're like, I have no idea what I saw. There was a lot of action and quick cuts and I'm not sure what happened. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm already feeling that from this chase scene. I'm just like, yeah, lots of guns, lots of car crashing, lots of motorcycles, but it just doesn't, it doesn't have that lasting effect that Top Gun did. And Top Gun, as we know, there were like 40% less product in theaters last summer, you guys. Mm -hmm. So one of these films had to latch onto audience and stay with them. And of course it was this massive nostalgia grab and people love that character. They've loved it since the 80s. They haven't stopped loving it. Republicans, Democrats, it doesn't matter. Right. You love Maverick. But it's just not the same with Ethan. It's just he's colder. Mm -hmm. And and that that kind of comes off on the screen. And it's always been true. I mean, tell me one plot from the, one of the Mission Impossible films that you even remember. Go. <laughs> I remember the plot of him fighting Superman in a bathroom. Okay. Yeah, but I guess that's not okay. a plot. That's a scene. Yeah, that's a scene. It's a sequence. Yeah, and yeah, that's what we sequence. saw. Yeah, it's yeah. and and listen, they've admitted Tom Cruise and and uh, Christopher McQuarrie admitted. You know what, how we make these films? We dream up these awesome ashing sequences, and we link the dramatic tension together. They have right, admitted right. it, you guys. It wasn't yeah, like it's all MacGuffins. Yeah, it is, and it's not like Maverick where they got they actually worked on the story and connected it to the tissue of the first one, and, and it just made people cry, you guys. Right. You all cried. We all cried we because all cried. of the oil. The oil yeah. that was lathered on them playing football, it was amazing. We and all cried when this, they played two-way yeah. football. Yeah. Oh, God. I still think about that scene, you guys. Yeah. Um, I, and yeah. The I, leaks, I mean, I mean, listen, leaks are popping up all over the place. Yeah, they, of course they are. Beach football. I heard they were going to place that. the XFL next season with two-way football. Oily two-way football. Yeah. It's got to be it's gotta, oily. I mean, the oil is assumed. Oil. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree with you here, mm -hmm. Jeff, because the emotional resonance that Top Gun had, uh, Maverick had, plus the ultimate luck in the release date, and like it hit all these major holidays perfectly and there was nothing else to fight it. It really maximized IMAX and PLFs. I, none of the, as you said, Pat, none of the mission impossible movies have broke a billion. The highest one internationally worldwide was fallout, which was the latest one. Yep, which is a good Made sign. Seven, yeah, 787. And worldwide, every one of the movies, except for three, made more than the last one, right? Yep. And so there will be an uptick in business, definitely, because Tom Cruise is hotter than he's ever been at 60 years old. The man is a huge movie star. Now, is that enough to get this movie to a billion worldwide? I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. But I think there's no chance this is the biggest movie domestically or internationally or worldwide of the summer. I just don't give it a chance at all. It's too, I mean, because it's a part one. And also, there's so much mythology here. I mean, Maverick was so easy because it's like, did you see the first movie? Of course you did. Yeah. Or at least you know it from all the parodies that you've seen, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then now here's him later. And there's an emotional resonance there. It had hot young stars in it. Now, this movie just feels like another Mission Impossible movie, which they're great. They're great. We love them. We want to see him do these stunts and almost kill himself. But it's not enough to put it at the top. 
not so, not not by any stretch. I'll throw this out then. The last uh, Mission Impossible Fallout was actually the biggest domestic earner of the series at two hundred twenty million. Uh huh. Do we think that the new one, because of the Maverick bump, because Cruise is bigger than ever, could Dead Reckoning Part One get to three hundred million domestic? Does that feel? plausible i mean because i i I would put it there i i do think this is going to get a significant bump over any previous mission impossible he's just hotter than ever they're really pushing this movie it's got the it does have the memorial uh weekend release date right this is four it's july 14th oh not really update update right july 12th July 12th. It's opening they on a Wednesday. moved it up yep. to Wednesday. They announced this at CinemaCon. The, the, that's great for them because they need more time on the IMAX. The other problem, guys, and we talk about this a lot, right? Barbie and Opp- Oppenheimer opened yep. the week after on the 21st. Oppenheimer was filmed entirely in IMAX, guys. Guess who's getting mm-hmm. those screens? Yeah. Oppenheimer. So Mission Impossible has about 10, what, what 10 days? On yeah. IMAX screens, and yeah. that's it, guys. It's that's done. Not enough. So, no, so it's not, not enough. enough. I mean, Jeff, are uh, do you think there's any chance this makes less than the other ones? I mean, to me, it's got to get the Maverick bump. Do we? Do we? Yes. What do you I think agree. the Maverick bump I, is worth? Is it worth? I think that Maverick 50%? bump is worth more. I think it's worth more internationally. Okay, uh, he's always been a huge star internationally. So yeah, this goes over 800. It's the first. It's the first one to go over 800. Maybe it gets close to 900. Okay. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if all if if all works out, um, of course, Russia's not open to it. I don't know about China being open to it. And I don't even know exactly how much these films made in those countries, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's pretty significant, honestly. Right, and right. so I think that's a factor, too, about getting to 900, but but certainly not a Billy and certainly not because it's it's going to have to face depending on how good Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny is. Cause that opens, you know, over that, Oh, basically over the 4th of July weekend. Right. So it's yes, going to have, it opens a 30th. Yeah. So we'll, it's going to we'll have to that one in a, a bit. week and a half to, to, and if it's strong, yeah, that's going to also eat into mission impossible. And then, like we said, it only has 10 days on the, the PLF screens. So that's All an right. issue. Well, let's, let's get to, let's get to the movies that you just mentioned that come right after mission impossible. It is, Kind of one of the big, maybe the big storyline of summer 2023 is the July 21st date, Oppenheimer versus Barbie. So I'm going to ask a few things. First of all, is this a blessing for both these movies that they're opening on the same day and it's become this story of people talking about these two movies opening on the same day? And then also... Who's going to win? Which of these will be the bigger movie? I'm going to throw out there right now. I think it's Barbie and a walk. But Jeff, let's go to you. You've been to CinemaCon. Was there any new uh, news about either of these movies? Any new footage? Anything catch fire there? What's your Barbie Oppenheimer (laughs) feeling as of today? I was feeling big about both of these films going into CinemaCon mm-hmm. and at 51% hype, I'm probably like 75% hype on both of these films after wow. seeing what I saw. I yeah. saw a lot of Oppenheimer. Christopher freaking Nolan was there, you guys. And when Nolan's there, you listen, you hang on every word. And he talks about cinema and his love for it, his passion and his love of IMAX. And you just sit there and go, uh, you know, I want to hang out with this man. You know, I want to do things to this man, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like have a drink, like buy him a drink, yes, you know, yes, he, he, 
Were you able to hear him or was his mic mixed the way that his movies are? <laughs> no, yeah, there were it was definitely coming from a lot of different directions. They have a great surround sound system at Caesars. So it was okay, it was nice. it was yeah, the system was even for a Nolan, it worked. Um he great. did mumble a little bit, but even a mumble, you want everybody's hanging on his word. You guys, mm-hmm. he apologized for some of the black and white. He said, look, there's a, there's a little black and white, but not a lot. So don't worry about it. And and everybody was, you know, breathed a sigh of relief. You know, okay. he, it's not all in black and white. It's color. And um, honestly, guys, I, I, I'm hyped about I was I'm always hyped for a Nolan film. But after seeing this footage, I'm like, good God, you know, this is the most important film of the summer. You know, I believe wow. that after watching the footage, like Matt Damon is so good at like he's plays this general and you're just like. God damn, I love Matt Damon. And then everybody else who's in this film shows up and you're like, God, I love that person. I love him. I love him. And it's the same with, you know, Barbie on the other side of it has a ton of people in it too. You know, Will Ferrell shows up. Um, uh, There's just, there's a lot of surprises in Barbie. The whole world, I mean, Warner Brothers and Greta Gerwig created this entire world. Obviously, Margot Robbie and, and Ryan Gosling showed up to talk about it and she was in her little Barbie outfit and, you know, you guys, I'm telling you, this film, it's like Matrix 5. You know, the, the what they do with Barbie and, and getting into that world is is really funny. And it's the I mean, let's talk about a big Hollywood comedy. How often do we get those? Yes. And it's 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 listen, Barbie came around in what, 59, I believe. So it's been around for a long. We're talking about IP that has just sit there, has yes. sat there and fermented. And it's ready to explode in the same way that Oppenheimer is. But, but you're right. I think Barbie takes this thing, even though Oppenheimer looks like it could be best picture of the year. You know, it, it's going to well, Oppenheimer is going to play overplay what Dunkirk did. I think, I think. Okay. Wow. Well, so that, that to me was the question is, is can it reach a Dunkirk level? Like, and, yes. and personally I'm trying to put aside our, you know, Nolan was our dead horse that we were beating for years yeah. going in and out of tenant, putting that aside. It doesn't feel to me like Oppenheimer has that general audience hook the way a Dunkirk, which is a war movie, or um, you know, Interstellar, which is a space movie, or Inception, which is a Leo action movie. To me, Oppenheimer felt like it's a drama that could be up for Best Picture. It doesn't feel like a summer movie to me, but I, again, I was not at CinemaCon. I didn't hear Nolan's mumbles in person, but if you're saying that the footage was that impressive, to you, this feels like a summer popcorn movie. Yeah, just watching the trailer make you like whether you know the story or the history or not, it makes it feel like the most important thing that's ever happened in the history of film. You know, and and Nolan is good at creating that. Uh, and so the fact that they they thought that there might there's a there's a chance they might blow up the world by setting off this bomb, and you see that realization come across all of these actors' faces. It's it's pretty harrowing, you guys, mm-hmm. and 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 you're just like wow. Well, even though I know how this ends, this is just really good cinema. And, okay. and, and, and that's my feeling going in. It's like, I think, I think it, again, international audiences are going to propel this. They're really going to get behind this saying you stupid Americans making that bomb. How could you do that? And then you guys dropped it. What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. We need to watch this so we can vilify we'll America. Like, Rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. We saved the world guys. You don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah. yeah. Bomb good. <laughs> but, bomb good. But, but both of these films, I'm telling you, Op and Barbie, 
It's going to be a double feature weekend across the board. It yes. doesn't hurt either of these films and they're going to play all throughout August, both of these films. So yes. it's, I think it's good news for the industry. I, I have and been I in groups. I just want to go real quick. I've been in groups yeah, recently where this has been what people have asked me. This has happened on two different occasions. Mm-hmm. So what is your plan for July 21st? That's how it's been put as if it is now an assumption that everyone is going to the movies that weekend to see either Barbie or Oppenheimer or in several cases, the double feature. So I think that Barbie and Oppenheimer opening against each other is a good thing for both movies. I think especially for Barbie, because I think there is a camp of sort of uh, older, you know, uh, or young adults who are very, excited to see Barbie that weekend because it's in this quote unquote competition. So I, and the fact that, like you said, it's a big, loud, fun summer comedy, which we haven't gotten in a long time. So I think the, the, the buzz is bigger for both of them because they're opening the same weekend. Sorry, Clayton. No, I mean, I agree totally, Pat, because you can't talk about the one without the other. Yes. And that is great for both of them. Now, do we know Barbie is Barbie rated PG? It has to be, right? You know, after seeing it, it might be PG thirteen. Wow! But uh, see, I, 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 that's a mistake. If it is, it's a mistake. I, I mean, but, because but they might cut, they may cut enough. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's you know it, it's like that Brady Bunch humor. humor. And I can't mm. remember what the Brady Bunch movies were rated. Oh yeah, I felt yeah, like yeah. they were PG. 13 but maybe they were P- no they had to be pg that feels it felt yeah. to me when i was watching i'm like oh yeah this is the brady bunch vibe i get it it's funny you know but- that was my because this last trailer ends with a joke that is kind of an innuendo and i felt like uh, i mean just make this thing pg because there's enough people who are gonna go see it without the kind of innuendos right like you don't need that. And I understand that they are aiming for uh, older kids, but also younger kids can go with a parent. So PG-13 is fine. You just, you know, have a guardian with you and take a six-year-old. That's fine. Right. I mean, listen, but, we've seen kids in the front row at Fast and Furious movies, at horror movies. So if if kids want to go and poor parents want a kid to get in, the kids get in. This movie could be But the thing NC-17. is, Mario is PG. Mario's PG. Barbie should be PG, period. Okay. Uh, that's my thought. I I, I think it disagree. will end up being, and I think it doesn't matter because I think no matter what, kids are going to see this Barbie movie because kids aren't going alone anyway. You know, a six-year-old yeah. isn't walking up to the ticket booth and hopping up and, and buying a ticket. They're going with an adult. And I think adults aren't going to really pay attention to what the rating of this is anyway because it's a Barbie movie. And they but, will enjoy it more, I think, if if there's a little of that 13 added in there. I mean, yes. listen, guys, Barbie comes naked. I know she has clothes on, yep. but when you pull them, and it's easy to pull them off, yep. and that's what all kids do, and that's kind of how your introduction to sexuality yep. is Barbies. I know it was for me, yep. you know, and He-Men and, uh, and G.I. Joes. I wanted to see what they were like without their clothes on. Well, it's and just, the difference okay, is you know? He-Man... G.I. Joe, those clothes were painted on. They were on. Yes. Barbie and Ken were the ones that you could get Nudes. naked. So I, I yes. agree. Barbie is a PG-13 property inherently <laughs> because they are well, the, the only Brady, new yeah. dolls. 
Well, and, I mean, and, listen, I mean, it can go from PG-13 up depending on how you play with the dolls for sure, right? I mean, there's probably a lot of kids that are doing some R-rated stuff, but right. the Brady Bunch movie looks like the from 95 was PG-13. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I, if that's the tone, then I completely understand the PG-13. Now, my thing with Oppenheimer is I'm of two minds here. Okay. Because... I think the the movement we're seeing in theaters is more towards people wanting to go and have fun, right? Mm. The movies that have succeeded have been movies that said, this is fun, not like this is a lesson for you, <laughs> right? We're seeing that movement. Now, Oppenheimer, of course, it's not as didactic as some of the movies that have failed, but it's super serious. And- is that a good thing because it's different than most of the stuff that's coming out this summer? Or is it a bad thing? Cause it's like, why are you putting a turd in my punch bowl <laughs> right in the middle, middle of summer? Right. So like, that is my question. Now, Nolan has been a hit maker tenant. It's really hard to hold against him because of the release date and all that stuff. But I just don't know that if that movie would have done well, even if it didn't come out when it did, it, it seems like that one was looked at as a turkey. So he's not on the steadiest of ground, but this feels more like his sort of playground, his sort of wheelhouse, right? This like very serious movie about bombs. So I'm curious. I, I mean, I think Barbie's going to beat uh, Oppenheimer for sure, but Oppenheimer might be one of those movies that does a lot of business and has a lot of legs because people hear about how good it is. If it is good. Let, let's play the opening weekend over under game on Oppenheimer. So Dunkirk opened in 2017 to 50.5 million interstellar 47.5. So yeah. that $50 million mark, are we over or under 50 million on Oppenheimer? I'm, I'm going to say I'm under Clayton. Under It, ha it has all yeah, I said under. Okay, it has all the IMAX screens, guys. <laughs> it has all of them. And it has that countdown thing that's in theaters. It's counting down right now at your local theater. You can go in there. You can watch it count down all the way to when Oppenheimer opens in late July. <laughs> guys, so it's on people's mind. It's mm. ticking. I, I'm going to take I'm going to I'm going to take the over on this, guys. I just wow. think I know that like like Barbie's going to get the families. That's great. But there are a lot of people, a lot of adults that go to the movies. Yeah. When you rattled off those numbers, I was like, wow, Nolan, uh, Nolan, who does dramas, opens films to 50 million. He's an IP guys. He's his mm. own IP. And Oppenheimer is those oldies. Are you kidding me? They've been waiting for this film. Remember fat man and little boy, that film bombed in theaters. Mm -hmm. This is the right. one they've been waiting for. You know, right, this is right. the one that tells their story. And I'm telling you, they're going to show up. It's just, it's just, the, the trailers are going to get more and more intense as we get closer to it. And the thing about summer is I think by the time we hit late July, people will, and Clayton, I, I hear you because summer is fun and it's furious and it's fabulous. And there's oil everywhere, but every once in a while you want to sit in a darkened theater and lament the human crisis, mm -hmm. you know, and that is Oppenheimer. You know, there's not a lot of films that are going to be big from a 24 or focus features on the serious side that are coming out this summer. So this is it. This is the, you got the art house people, you got the oldies, the oldsters, they are there, the boomers. And then, you know, 
everybody who says, you know what, I got to recommit to cinema. I got to get ready for the fall season. This is going to be uh, nominated for Best Picture, so I better go see this. I, I'm All saying right. over on the 50. Let- Jeff, you hit on something, and we'll we'll move off this really quickly, but you hit on something that I think is important that I wasn't thinking of is that there's so many dads that all they watch mm. is History Channel. Yeah. And this is a chance to see one of the biggest History Channel sort of topics done by a cinematic master on the big screen. So there's going to be a lot of people that normally don't go to see movies. Probably the last movie they would have seen is uh, Maverick or possibly Jesus Revolution. <laughs> and then they come and they watch Oppenheimer because it's a history it's historical and it's going to be like a better version of a history channel special on the the bomb so that that's the oldsters are going to come out for it so i still think barbie is going to beat it but yes it's great that they're going head to head this is a story yep hey pat real quick did did those previous nolan films open against anything substantial that is i mean that is a good so oh, yeah, I don't Kirk open up against. I I think they had those weekends to themselves. They all had mm. this similar weekend of they were well. Dunkirk was end of July. I think Interstellar was a November movie, um, and then of course Inception was a end of July movie. So Nolan definitely likes this. Yeah, spot. he likes that. Um, but but you're right. Let's say Barbie becomes this massive hundred million dollar opener, and 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 maybe it could. I don't know because you know if you think about films directly aimed for females, there's not a lot out there this summer. This is it, and I know there's a lot of guys who want to go see this too. It's just it is it is a family film also, but it also heavily leans into that fe- female demo. If it becomes this hundred million dollar beast, then then yep. you're right. Maybe Oppenheimer hits forty two. You know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but as it is with those IMAX screens and if Barbie stays like at 65, 70, then I could think I could see it still opening at 50. Very well, exciting. Dunkirk opened up against Girls Trip, mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man Homecoming's third weekend, War of the Planet of the Apes' second weekend. So a, a big and, weekend, but nothing the level of Girls Barbie Trip. opening weekend. 31.2. Amazing. Wow. In in uh, like a, a thousand less theaters than Dunkirk. Amazing. Wow. So, so it's happened before. There's been a female skewed film that has opened very well against uh, a Nolan film. So this is, this is just what Hollywood does now. So let's actually stay on female comedies. Cause I want to move to the topic of summer comedies. And is this the summer that the big screen comedy returns so the biggest player out there this summer, I think there's a lot on the line for this movie. Jennifer Lawrence headlines the comedic film No Hard Feelings, and that opens, let me see, early June, the I think. The 23rd of June, June the 23rd. weekend after, yeah, The Flash. Weekend after The Flash. Now, Clayton, you and I have watched this trailer. We both really like it. I've seen it in a movie theater, and it plays really well. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what is your feeling on No Hard Feelings? J-Law trying to reassert herself as a giant movie star and make big screen comedies a thing again. It has been a while since just a movie that is not comedy hidden within a superhero movie or comedy hidden within a horror movie like Megan, just a comedy. 
has been a draw. So is No Hard yeah. Feelings going to bring back the studio comedy? You guys know how we know that movies are back is because Hollywood starts making the same mistakes that they've always made, right? Like they okay. open four, four films on every single weekend, like we've seen in April, right? And most of those are dogs because they, they just can't compete. They were never meant to compete. They mm -hmm. needed to, to, to space out the release calendar and have maybe a weekend all of themselves. So Hollywood gets this weekend wrong. We're talking about no hard feelings. It, wow. It's opening against Joyride, which is another female-centric comedy that I believe is going to be rated R. No well, Hard Feelings is rated R. And they open the same weekend. So so I just... Are you not, kidding me? Not to correct you, and you, you may be correcting me here. What I'm looking at says that Joyride has moved to two weeks later, that it's now opening oh. on July 7th. Okay, up against that's Insidious, true. the Red Door. Okay, let me see. I don't have that on my schedule as moved, but you know what? It's possible. I've been, like I said, I've been trapped in the epicenter of hype. Right now, if if that is true and and Joyride moves, uh, it, that that would be great because No Hard Feelings needs theaters to itself to really find that audience. If that yeah. happens. Yeah, I think the trailer looks great. But you and I, I think all three of us, we love these hard R-rated comedies. We grew yes. up on them. You know, yes. our, mm -hmm. our millennials, our Gen Z, are they going to show up to them? I, I, I still don't know the answer to that. And even after seeing the, the trailer and watching it with people, I, I, I know we're laughing, but what they need is, is the younger generation laughing and they can't even go see this film because it's rated R, right? I mean, parents are pretty strict about that, right? These days. Well, I, it, um, it basically is R 20 to 20, you know, our people in their 20s are going to go see this in a big way. Yeah. Obviously, and teenagers, yeah. I think you need you need people yeah. from 15 to 29 to go see this yeah, in yeah. a big way. And listen, we're the we're Fairly Brothers generation. You know, we liked our movies soaked in semen. Let's just say it. That's how we liked our comedy. <laughs> no, it's absolutely and, dipped dipped in it. Yeah. And this definitely is dipped mm -hmm. in that 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 solution. Um, so I, I, God, I'm pulling for it. Like you guys are too. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, asteroid city goes wide that weekend, expands wide that weekend, uh, unless that's changed. But I think that that film was very well received also okay. at CinemaCon. Uh, it feels like a return to form for Wes Anderson and that cast, you can't beat it. Um, I, I didn't particularly care for his, his last film and the box office certainly reflected that. Mm -hmm. But this really does feel like your the Wes Anderson films that you really want to like and love. That's what this feels like. Mm -hmm. um, so that could surprise this summer. That's going to take that adult audience away from No Hard Feelings that weekend. Uh, like you said, Joyride. I don't. We don't think is opening that same weekend anymore. It really. Uh, it looks like according to the numbers, it also because we are on Wikipedia. But according to the numbers, it's also opening July seventh. So it feels like that is the new date for Joyride. Yeah, um, Joyride so is not. Jo Joyride could not have stayed at that date. It it would have completely killed Joyride. Okay. Dead. Okay. So. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. here's, well, that's, here's my take. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, here's my take on no hard feelings really quick. Sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, that's um, good. As for the younger generation, and I know, listen, we've said this before. Tweets aren't ticks. There's a lot of stuff going on online. It is an outrage factory. I have seen videos with the title. Is this movie about grooming? 
grooming this, grooming that. Because in this movie, Jennifer Lawrence plays an older girl dating a younger man, like a teenage boy. And she is in her late 20s, early 30s. That is something that the younger generation is obsessed with. And our generation is like, well, it's a comedy, so that's fine. Will those people, those younger kids, get the so uh, quote unquote ick from this movie Mm. too much so that they will not find it funny? Now, that might just be Twitter insanity, Twitter sickness seeping into the conversation, but it's not something to totally dismiss because you need to be on board with the comedy and not be like, oh, this is gross to me and not gross in the semen way, right. not in a gross a out in the sense it's funny, right? right? Not like hair gel. In Bridesmaids, not hair gel or in Bridesmaids where they're shitting in the street, but like a fundamental like, I don't think this is right morally. So that's a question with this movie. I think people of our generation will be like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a, like sex comedy. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah. they'll get us, but they might not get those 20 somethings. Well, and this is a huge test for Jennifer Lawrence as a movie star. And I'm not someone who thinks her star has waned in any way. I think she just took some time off. And if you look at even the last few big movies she made, something like Red Sparrow getting to whatever it got to 70 million is, is based purely on her star power. You know, those are, there are movies she made like that. And the movie about the mop where those movies were getting to 50, 60, 70 million that would have made 5 million if it wasn't a Jennifer Lawrence movie. So I'm someone who thinks she is still a giant star. She took some time off and I think the barometer here is can J-Law get this movie to open to $30 million? You know, is this, I think ooh, the mark that's high. I think, that feels high. I, okay. Pat, I, I think the mark here is good boys. Okay. I think if she yep. can reach 21 million with okay. opening yeah. for this movie and leg out, I mean, good boys in 2019 made all the way made it all the way to 83 million dollars if she can do that with this movie then it was a success okay 30 million is crazy that's too high for i mean if it happens i would love that to happen that would be great well and this is the type of movie that realistic and you look back at something like something about mary which is not going to be that that was an all-time phenomenon but those these type of movies if they are really good could also open low-ish and still leg out to big numbers because they're just a movie that people go see weekend after weekend. So I I think what what you want to see out of this movie is get over the hump of the sort of like game night blockers, 52 million-ish area. Can J-Law get this movie to 80 $90 $90 million. Could it get to a hundred like a girl's trip? Is that oh, a possibility? I mean, I mean, that would be I, a, a giant sign see. of her stardom. If this, if no hard feelings could get to 80 million plus. Oh, a hundred percent. That, yeah. that means that I don't even know if that means comedy is back, but it would definitely mean that J law is back. Right. And it does. It's got a great release date. You look at it. Yep. Okay, it's got two weeks now until we've confirmed that Joyride opens on mm-hmm. July seventh. So that's really a, a direct competition, um, and that's probably going to hurt Joyride more than it hurts No Hard Feelings. Because if No Hard Feelings mm-hmm. goes through that Fourth of July weekend, and it really is the only comedy out there, guys, um, 
you know, it goes against Indiana Jones. It goes against Ins- Insidious, The Red Door, and then mm-hmm. Mission Impossible, uh, Theater Camp, Barbie, Oppenheimer. You know, and and these are that Barbie's a big broad comedy, so very different than than what No Hard Feelings is. So again, you're right, Pat. I think because of its uniqueness, because of it because it's an original film out there, hard R rated comedy. There's nothing else like it. As long as it hits could have some pretty good legs. Uh, the one thing I will say though, uh, universal strays, which dropped more F bombs than a Quentin Tarantino film opens two weeks before it. That's the film. Yep. I feel plays like good boys. Um, it's the one that legs out possibly until August. Yeah. It just looks hilarious. And it's, it's just, it's ripe. It's ripe. We've seen these, we grew up with incredible journey and all these animal topic talking animal films. And now they're finally giving it the R rated treatment and people were dying at this trailer when it played, obviously Will Ferrell was there to hype the thing up and that the, the, the dog was there and the dog doing something incredible. This dog was a female dog playing a male dog. You wow. guys have, we, we've wow. gone, we've come a long ways. You guys, that's what we got now. And, um, love it. That well, that's itself, like Spuds McKenzie. Yeah. Spuds yeah. McKenzie was a Spuds female was a, dog. Yeah, exactly. I guess these female the... dogs are just, yeah, easier to work with. Um, and yeah. very, this dog was very patient on stage and Will was moving around a lot. Didn't, didn't, and Will insulted this dog quite a bit, but it stayed calm, like mm-hmm. very, very professional. Um, but this film plays hilarious. Will Forte as the dog's owner. Uh, and then you've got a great cast of, of dog voices. Um, you guys, this to me, this is like the surprise. I'm hoping the surprise of the summer. I totally agree. I mentioned this film to Clayton before we got on Mike. I saw the trailer for strays before a packed evil dead rise screening last week played like gangbusters. This was a movie I had heard very little bit about, but the second that trailer ended, I I thought this could be a big hit this summer and it's I'm sure fairly low budgeted, you know, it's all voiceover yep. talent, it's dogs, dogs, you know, and I'm sure they're super talented but none of these dogs are 20 million dollar dogs, it's not the dog from Frasier in this film. So, I agree. I think Strays can be pretty big. Uh, and listen, you get Strays big you get no hard feelings, gets to 70, 80 million dollars, opens over 20. Then we're starting to feel like comedy's back at the box office. This could be a huge, huge summer for comedy. Well, in Strays is Universal mm-hmm. and Save Renfield, they've really done a great job with their release slate. So, I, I mean, I could see Strays being, like you said, low budgeted, but. You know, if it's a crowd pleaser, it's going to make Bafa Bobo and then it's going to just drive people right to Peacock. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Of course, as they all do. And Mm -hmm. you know what? It's one of those things where strays will play for two weeks and the people who go see that they're going to be served up a lot of trailers for no hard feelings. So I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be a nice little game of, of, uh, you know, a relay race there. Just take that baton and pass it right from strays to no hard feelings yet strays could be a summer cocaine bear you know cocaine bear opens like 23 million strays could open 18 to 25 and then get itself to 55 million i mean that that is a i think a real possibility here yeah i'm throwing strays in the snark universe and that snark universe has paid off megan violent night cocaine bear 
I mean, they couldn't stop talking about Cocaine Bear at the Universal presentation at CinemaCon this week. They just love that film. Now, they didn't announce a sequel, but I, I guys, it's Megan is already on the board with a sequel, and they've been talking about Violent Night. So I, I assume mm-hmm. that Cocaine Bear is going to get a sequel. There's probably going to be two or three bears on cocaine in the next one. So yes. that's something to look yeah. forward to. Yes, yes, that's going to be A lot of cocaine. So real quickly before we get off the comedy subject, uh, you've mentioned Joyride. I don't know much about that movie. I know Stephanie Hsu from Everything Everywhere is the star of that, and she's obviously got a lot of heat with the Oscar nom nom nom. So, Jeff, give us your spiel on Joyride. Is this a potential low-budget breakout? Is this a star-making performance comedically for anyone in there? What do you know about Joyride? I Just from what I saw, um, obviously, it's one of Lionsgate's big films this summer. They don't have a lot going on this summer. Um, they have the uh, Robert De Niro comedy <laughs> earlier um, about my father. And then they have The Blackening which actually okay. I think looks kind of interesting. You know, this is, this is the take on black horror films, tongue in cheek mm-hmm. thing. And that opens against the flash and elemental. So it's going to be tough. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be tough to, to gain any traction. So Joyride is, is more of their, Hey, this is something that could work, but uh, I, I, it feels very niche to me. I, I just, I want, I think we all, y'all want, again, we're, we love comedy and more comedy, the better. But it's just in a it's in a tough place, like you said. If strays and no hard feelings hit, is there enough room for another comedy two weeks later? Right, right. I I think Lionsgate's in a tough spot um, where they put this film. So, so moving I, on, I'm, not gonna, I'm saying it doesn't break out. No, okay, but it could be a movie that does a little at the box office, and when it does eventually hit streaming, it has a little more notoriety than if yeah, it went exactly. straight produced, to Amazon Prime. Produced by Point Grey, which is I think Seth Rogen's company, right, and and his yeah. his writing partner's company. So, I mean, they've, I mean, again, the boys. I mean, they they've produced some stuff. Well, Good Boys, they did that too. So, I mean it comes from a pedigree. It's not like right. it's out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so they know comedy. So th- it could be a little sleeper here. I don't and think it's Lion- going to be girls trip, yeah. but no Lionsgate's putting a lot into this and guys running time. One thirty-two. bam, Great. 93 minutes. Perfect Great. for a comedy. Got to. Perfect. 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 I like it already. So <laughs> let's get into some big movies. We haven't discussed uh, in the genre of, is this franchise past its sell-by date? So I'm going to throw three titles out there. Let's get into whether we think these are all franchises on the, on the downswing and will any of these bomb. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Transformers, which is, what is the subtitle on Transformers? I can't even think of that. Rise of the Beast. Rise of the Beast. Transformers, Rise of the Beast. And then... um Let's. I mean, we have not said the name of this movie yet. Fast X, the newest Fast and Furious movie. So Fast X is your Memorial Day weekend movie, right? It opens on uh, May 19th. So... And then June 9th is Transformers. And when do you have uh, Indiana Jones? That's the end of June. That's June 30th. June 30th. Of those three movies you know these are late entries into their respective franchises which of these do we think is going to be the biggest hit and are any of these going to be a outright bomb 
And Clayton, I feel like I know where you're going to go on the bomb. Let me go to you first, Clayton. Where do, what are you feeling on these three movies? Fast X, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Transformers Rise of the Beast. What's your big take on these three franchise films? Well, here's the thing. The one the I will actually push back a little bit about the Transformers one because that is already a franchise that cratered and is rebuilding. It's a rebooting, so, because. Yeah. It's a re. It's kind of yeah because they had Bumblebee, which went. Uh, it was a smaller film that they tried to you know make it small and build from there. This is actually it trying to rise from the ashes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I guess these beasts. There is a. I mean, this is past my time playing with Transformers, where there's these these ones that turn into animals and i guess they had a big cartoon series and stuff like that so this is aimed at definitely the younger viewer where those transformers movies were squarely aimed at us so this i feel like is going to do what it's going to do it's not going to ever reach the heights of those michael bay movies so i can't really speak to i think it'll do probably better than bumblebee but i don't think this is a world beater in any way shape or form okay now fast x the fatigue has set in because I think it's the same basic story they've been doing for too long. Hey, here's another guy that you kind of like shows up and he's got some relation to one of these guys and the family's going to be threatened. And then Momoa is just going to be on the roof having barbecue uh, by the end of the next movie. And I don't think Momoa is a value add in any way. I think Cena was not served well by that last movie, but he's definitely a guy I want to see. I personally don't think Momoa adds anything to this other than yes, he's Aquaman, but the guy has not had any other sniffing of a hit in anything other than Aquaman. So I think fast X is going to be a disappointment. Dial of destiny. Nobody liked the last one. Um, Harrison Ford, I think is, I mean, he was laughable watching the, the him in 1923 trying to punch somebody. I cannot imagine what he's going to look like in this movie on the big screen. And then I'm sorry, Pat, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. Don't, don't. I'm going to say it. Her. But yeah, I, I think that the uh, what's that show that she did? Um, Fleabag. Gosh. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Fleabag. She, uh, Phoebe she's going to become Will a giant Fritter star Fleabag. Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> she she that the covid if listen people there people died in covid so i, I don't want to make light of it but i think one of the biggest victims of covid was phoebe waller bridges she won all those emmys and then did not get to capitalize on it she is in this movie she is not a value add nobody's going to see this movie to see her if the handing of the torch is going to go to her people are going to be in an uproar because She's in nobody. Nobody cares about I'll, her in America. Nobody I'll, cares about her. In America. I will be, I'll this be, movie I'll be is going to be a disappointment. <laughs> I think all of these movies have no chance of being the biggest film of the summer. I mean, the fact that this Indiana Jones movie actually exists is like laughable to me. Clay. I was never a fan of the other ones, so maybe I'm a little bit biased here, but it's just going to look be sad to see him on screen it's just gonna be sad let's let's not count bumblebee as the most recent movie in the transformers franchise let's it is though this this movie is connected to bumblebee well but i i let's go back to transformers last night 
that opened to 44 million, got to 130 domestic. Um, of what these was worldwide? Three, of these three, worldwide, worldwide was, was probably big. like 700 million. It was 602 million, which is a huge downswing from the other yeah. one. So it's a 500 million dollar downswing from the previous two movies. Yeah. Um, do we think of those three movies? Any of them are going to be bigger than the most recent entry in the franchise. Do any of them tick up at all? And and they don't have to, to be successful. But do we well, feel like any of these has a possibility of jumping out? Like, Jeff, have you, anything at CinemaCon uh, affect your outlook on Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, Transformers, Rise of the Beast, or Fast X? What um, did Crystal Skull make? Yeah, well, here's I mean, the thing. Crystal Skull um, was huge. It made, uh, made, yeah. uh, had a hundred million dollar opening weekend. Dude, it was three hundred seventeen domestic, domestic yeah. seven ninety worldwide. Exactly. That exactly. Inflation. That's almost a billy, guys. Yep. Inflation. That's almost a billy. But you're right. Spielberg directed that. People had waited a long time to see him return. So this isn't the hey, we've been waiting a long time. We've seen him, and uh, you're right. A lot of people didn't like Crystal Skull. A lot of people like to, in fact pretend that it didn't exist at all. This does not have the nostalgia play that Top Gun Maverick had, but it is indie. It'll still do well. I don't think as well as the last one did, unfortunately for Disney. But the one thing I will say is that the indie fans are, they are, they're a, they're a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. You know, they really are. Again, people will come out of the woodwork that don't usually go to movies to go see this film. Now, does it bring in families? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Fourth of July brings in families, no matter what plays there. And so that's the perfect release date for this film. The, in fact, the only release date that this film could have succeeded. So Disney scored mm-hmm. that. Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Are you kidding me? It, it, I can't believe this is going to theaters. I saw the preview for that. It looks like it should be on Netflix. That's the quality of this DreamWorks film, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so it's not even, it's not even, a, I don't think Harold and the Purple Crayon is even opening that week, even though Sony still has it on the schedule. They didn't even talk about it at CinemaCon leads me to believe that is moving to the fall. So again, and then you got basically a week off, right? Asteroid City and No Hard Feelings open the week before it. So again, we're talking about a huge opening because of where this lands. Exact opposite of Transformers Rise of the Beast, which opens between the two probably most hyped films of the summer in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And then after that, The Flash and Elemental. So you, you're stuffing Transformers, a $200 million Paramount film. It's as, guys, I saw the trailer for this. It looks like a Michael Bay film. That's what they did. Yes. They went back mm-hmm. to making a giant, fat Transformers film. Like they didn't learn anything that people, yeah. guess yeah. what, are over Transformers. Right. And this thing is going to tank uh, because they spent, they spent way too much on it. Guys, there was a, at CinemaCon, there was a Transformers party. And I'm like, oh, damn. That is hype. There's going to be Transformers there. Mm-hmm. So there were. There were giant robots there. These robots didn't move, you guys. They didn't. <sighs> they they lit up. That's all they did. I'm like, where's the movie magic here, guys? We are in. It's 2023. And you tell, you're telling me you can't get Optimus Prime to do this shit? Wow. You can't yeah. even move to the beat? He didn't do anything up there. He just stood there because he was a statue like David. Wow, you guys, it was embarrassing. I mean, I mean, we had that we technology, had that technology dancing, dancing and Coke cans. Coke cans. I mean, I mean, could you, you just, just do that? Have it at the hips? 
So uh, just one thing before we keep going, Clayton, uh, is, did that sound weird to you, Jeff? Yeah. That sounded like he was from a different planet. It sounded like you were awesome. from a different planet. Clayton. You sounded like you were like a transformer, dude. Yes. It was awesome. I am a transformer. Oh my God. There it is. Yeah. yeah you've got yeah. the transformers filter on right oh my now. God. It's, it's very interesting dude, what's happening there. It is great. So I will just say, I totally agree about transformers. I saw this trailer and that's why I wanted to compare it to the last night, not Bumblebee because it is clearly supposed to be part of the Michael Bay aesthetic. And again, you can't count it on every region is different. You see a screening and the crowds are going to be different. But when this played in theaters, people were laughing at it. I think people have fully moved on from this Transformers franchise. And there's no star in this movie, you know, and, and the people never really mattered in the plot of these Transformers movies. But they did have movie stars in that original Michael Bay series. You know, they brought in Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, did a few of those. You had Megan Fox at the height of her fame. You had Shia LaBeouf at the height of his fame. Yeah. I mean, who is in Rise of the Beast right now? I I don't think there is a... Is there a movie star that they've brought in for this? I mean, I, I just don't see what the um, no. reason for this to exist is. And I agree. This is a movie that could open like this could be a dark Phoenix type situation. You know, it opens in the thirties ends up at like, I mean, could this movie end up making under a hundred domestic or low hundreds? It's possible. I think this transformers franchise is completely on fumes now. Yeah. It's like mission impossible in that. I can't tell you a plot of any of the Transformers films, yeah. you know, except maybe Bumblebee because it's pretty simple, but they're just, there's so many. And I saw the trailer for this thing, guys, and I'm sure you guys did too. And you're like, how many factions of Transformers are we talking exactly. about now? Cause it seems like there's a dozen different, you know, groups. It's almost like the warriors, right. like these guys are going into New York city and there's 20 other gangs out there and who's on whose side. And we got to watch out, you know, can you dig it? But yep. I don't think people can dig this film. That's I the don't problem. think anyone's going to dig it. I think dig this movie a grave and dig yeah. this Transformers franchise a grave. There's no well, well, there's boys. no uniqueness to this promotion. There is nothing that says this is what's going to stand out as a reason for this Transformers Rise of the Beast to exist. It does just look like you've transported us back 10 years to the Michael Bay franchise. Jeff is holding up something, a promotional sticker yeah, perhaps that he got from CinemaCon. Yeah. This and is the best thing about that movie. It's pretty cool. It, it's pretty it's cool, shiny, but it's still, it's not getting me out to a movie theater. Now going to Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. I'm obviously in the bag for this movie. I think it's going to make Phoebe Waller-Bridge into a huge movie star, but now, I do now, think I, in all seriousness, I do Yeah. Yeah. Think, be serious for a and, second. And I, do I sound crazy? Do I still sound crazy? No, you know, now that you you're not talking about transformers, you don't yeah. sound like a transformer anymore. So okay, okay, I think just yeah. stay away from that subject. Great, but sounds good. I think like Jeff said, there is a fandom for this movie that is still alive. I think, you know, that's barely, very important. barely, barely, but alive. I do think the Indiana Jones audience is still alive and it does have a great spot in the schedule. And I see this movie. Listen, it's not going to do what the last one did, but I still think when all said and done, this Indiana Jones movie is going to end up at 250 domestic. That that's where at I'm least. seeing it. I think over yeah. 250 domestic 
And I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge comes out of this as someone who's no, going to get serious. big movies no. afterwards. Okay. Yeah, Pat, that, yeah, that's not going to happen. I saw, again, 20 minutes of this thing. I think they show 15, 20. Mm-hmm. Paramount did the exact same thing with Mission Possible, And then uh, they showed an action sequence from the middle of this film. That's what they gave us. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's Phoebe and uh, Harrison just riding around in this little, this little car thing. And, and you just, you're watching it. You're going, God, is he doing all these stuff? This is, I heard he broke his leg. Is this where he broke his leg? Like you're watching going, seems dangerous for this 80 year old to be doing these things. You know that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was worried about him as an actor more than just being into the film. And I think people are going to, you know, say they really, they pushed him too hard. This is, this is cruel, cruelty to oldsters, you know? And, and, and a lot of those factions are, are going to come out, I think. Okay. And, and protest this film because it's like, they're making Harrison do some things that I don't think he should do. I mean, unless this is movie magic, and I know, you know, he, we're good at movie magic. We have, we're good at CGI, but are we that good? Because I think they put his life at risk. That's all wow. I'm saying. Well, it's, it, that, so. it gives the audience an emotional attachment to the movie. <laughs> and but she, she did nothing for, I'm like, who is this? Exactly. And, and to Thank me, you. yeah, that's, that's, I went into it and I'm like, I, I don't even, I had to, I did have to look. I was like, who is this person that's acting next to this legend? You know, uh, where did they find her? Okay. Uh, that's what I said. I honestly. think they probably just showed the wrong 20 minutes. I think once you see the full <laughs> Maybe, two hours yeah, that, and that 20 be, minutes, that could be. you'll come away saying that's, that's our next <laughs> leading lady movie star. Fast X. Do we, I feel like we oh. all feel like this franchise is obviously on fumes, but the thing I will say is they are making it clear. These are the last two movies in the franchise. And I do think that will be a help because unlike something like transformers where there is no reason for this to exist, we don't know where this falls in the story. The fast and furious fans at least know we're coming to the end and therefore this is important. And I, I don't think this movie will in any way fall off a cliff for the franchise. I don't think it will. And I think it'll, it's going to open yeah. bigger than the last one that, you know, well, F9, it's going to, because that was COVID ish times. It's right. going to yeah. open bigger. Here's my thought with X. It should have ended here. If, if they would have ended with 10, then this movie would have gotten a bump, but yeah. this is the penultimate one. And I think people aren't going to care because they're, they're like, okay, well, this is more the same and it's not the last one. Right. So I think 11 might do better than 10, but there's just nothing new in this that is like exciting at all to me. And I listen, I love these movies like it is opening weekend for every single one Mm -hmm. since five. But I just can't get myself hyped for this movie. I mean, I might not even go to the theaters to see this thing because it looks like same same thing, different day. You're going to make Vin Diesel cry. He almost cried on the CinemaCon stage. He spent mm-hmm. 20 minutes talking about his love of cinema. And he, he, he was thanking the theater owners profusely. Like, thank you for making us your family. He said family, yes. I swear, like probably 67 times by my count in that mm-hmm. 20. Like, just you are my family. You are my family. You are my family. You're my family. It's all about family, guys, mm-hmm. for two more. And then he dropped this bomb saying, you know, like we knew there was going to be another. And he said, and I think he's wrong. He was he was a, he was on something. I don't know if he's on high on life, but he was on something. And he goes, guys, we're bringing this next summer. We're bringing you Fast 11 next summer. And I think he meant 
I think he thought he was living in 2024 because mm. I think it's 2025. Right. But he said next summer it's coming to an end. So even he's saying, hey, guys, no need to watch this one because it really ends in part 11 or whatever they're going to call the next one. That's where it ends. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Why go watch this one? It was just, you know what they did before Vin Diesel came on at CinemaCon? They had four other actors, Michelle and Jordana Brewster and two of the other guys from the mm-hmm. thing. Because there's Tyrese, a lot of people. Tyrese, yeah, Tyrese, yeah, Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese was there. And he's he was he was great. He was he was going off the prompter, which was nice because everybody else was just fumbling the words at the prompter. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the problem is they in- reintroduced all nine films before they got to Vin introducing the 10th film. So we were all just sitting there and going, guys, let's pick. And they talked about right. each film individually as if it really meant something deep and personal to them, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was just written by Universal, obviously. And even, and I was on the hype machine all the whole time, but even I was, and the guy sitting next to me that we were like, Oh, we got to get going. Come on guys. We can't relive. And so they, they showed every single poster and talked about something that happened from each film just to connect us to 10 right guys. We don't need it. You know, there's no need for this. Yeah, exactly. Should have ended. 10 should have just been the ball buster. Um, I know the last one still did 726 million uh, worldwide. And that was with the COVID stuff. So guys, we're still talking about possibly an 800, 850 million worldwide. That's huge. It's going to, it's, you know what? Even if it's with an asterisk, it is going to get that good press of, being a box office improvement from the last one. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, listen, this would, that would be bad though. You know, if, if fast X opens lower than 70 million, then you've got some bad press coming out of it. Then you're going to have the Jeff Fox at exhibit relations co and the BO boys hammering this movie hard. If it opens to 69, I don't think it will. I think this will go over 70. It'll get over the 200 million domestic that the last one did. So it'll get the good press of being an upswing from the last one. That's not going to happen for Transformers, and that's not going to happen for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, even though that will make Phoebe Waller-Bridge into a movie star. So those are those three big (laughs) franchise movies. Let's talk about, you know, you mentioned this, a giant movie that could be the biggest movie this summer, and we have not really talked about it. So the newest animated Spider-Verse film. So this movie opens on, let's take a look. This opens in June. This is correct? June 2nd. June's June first weekend 2nd. of June. So after the Little Mermaid. So this is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now that is a movie that it, it won the Oscar, right? For Best Picture Animated Film that year, mm-hmm. opened in 2018. Best animated and film, yeah. A a movie that was not a behemoth at the box office, open to 35 million December 2018, legged out to 190 million, very highly regarded movie, definitely a hit, but not a juggernaut. But the sequel has high expectations. I mean, this is a movie that people are talking about as being in the running for the biggest movie the summer. So Jeff, is that too much of a leap? I mean, I, I feel like I get this is an animated superhero movie and everyone loved the first one, but it's a big leap to go from 190 million domestic to four, 500 million domestic. But listen, 
You know, sequels could blow up. We all remember Austin Powers, yeah, uh, and the Spy Who Shagged Me. So, and and even Pirates of the Caribbean, the the Black Pearl, compared to what the next one did. Yep, I don't even know the title of part two, but yeah, that one killed it compared mm-hmm. because the word of mouth was so good, and the word of mouth on Into the Spider Verse is just you know it, it's been incredible. It's still going on. It feels like, and so they're hitting this at the right time. People have been waiting for this film, but you're right. Uh, you know, the first one did about under 400 million worldwide, but this mm-hmm. thing, you know, to, to say it would double it to go to 800 million would be incredible. If it does mm-hmm. that, I mean, hats off to Sony and, and yep. their spider verse, you know, this is great for them. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing though, that even though we've made so much progress, uh, as, as, as Pat and I can attest to, at least w- because we've seen super Mario brothers, you know, mm-hmm. and have as contributed to, yeah, everybody has seen it as far as yep. I know. Well, um, as yeah. Christian Bale right. said, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um, but, but I still have a hard time believing that, um, you know, the, the oldsters aren't showing up to the still, they don't mm. care. They don't care about your new Spider-Man. They will wait mm-hmm. for the live action Spider-Man. Um, whereas the oldsters definitely showed up for Super Mario Brothers because even the grandfathers played Super Mario Brothers. You know, the oldsters were in uh, everybody. Every demo was in for SMB. Uh, and that is just not, I just don't think that's true with Spider-Man. So yeah, it's going to have a great uptick, but it's it's not going to get, it's not going to be, I, I would I would be really surprised if it's the biggest film of the summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I saw this trailer. One thing that's interesting to me is I do remember the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse being advertised and playing very much as a comedic movie. You know, you had your Nicolas Cage Spider-Man. You had John Mulaney as a Spider-Pig. Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. Everything, of course, Spider-Pig is from the Simpsons movie. Everything I've seen on this new Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse is very serious, very dramatic. And listen, that may mean more Bafo Bobo. It might might be an even bigger hit because they're playing it so straight. But I do wonder if they are giving off a very different tone than the first movie had. I don't see any John Mulaney. I don't see any Nicolas Cage. Obviously John Mulaney has had other things to do the last few years. I, 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 I wonder if the tone change is a plus or a minus. Obviously this will be a lot bigger than the last Spider-Verse movie. It, it is interesting though, because I've seen this trailer a few times and it doesn't pop with audiences the way I expect it to. Yeah. And I just don't know what the disconnect is there. I do think it's going to be bigger than the first one because it's going to open bigger than the first one did because people know about it now and how awesome that first one was. Right. But there just seems to be some weird, like you said, the marketing on this is just not right. It feels dour. Yeah, don't make it dour. Make it fun. Make it colorful and fun. That's, That's the key. And then hit us with the dour after we're already in the seats and we've paid our ticket price to see it. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, then, uh, I mean, listen guys, if, if this doesn't hit, like, like we're talking about, I mean, it's going to hit, but it's not going to last, you know, like, let's say it doesn't cause elemental does come two weeks after. Um, and Pixar, like we saw, we saw a big preview. They, again, they showed like 20 minutes of this thing, uh, at CinemaCon and guys it's, it's inside out. I mean, that's what it Mm -hmm. is, right? Yeah. That's what it is. We've they been want, saying that for yeah, it is. Ever. It absolutely is. And and it's beautiful. It's artistic. 
It's it's exact. It's it's I know I know, but it's all those things that mm-hmm. you expect out of an original Pixar film in theaters for the first time since the pandemic. You know, and I, I was I was all in on this, and then I, I I did a deep dive. I'm like, wait, who directed this thing? And then I found out you guys because I was like, is this Pete Doctor? It was Peter Sohn. And do you know what? Do you know what the his last Pixar film that he directed was? What was it? The good. The Good Dinosaur. Oh, oh boy. Oh, wow. They do believe in second chances because as we wow. all know, wow. before, Lightyear, wow. before Lightyear, that was the only really red mark on Pixar's yep. sterling, sterling release. They were, they, were, they were the gold standard of releases until The Good Dinosaur. And this is the director who brought wow. you that. Now, I will say, I will say it's so cool of Pixar to believe in this guy so much that said, Hey, you know what? It wasn't all on you. No film is all on one person, right? That's just not how it works. Right. I mean, uh, often and, these uh, animated films will have like six credited directors yeah, anyway, or the yeah, co-directors, but, and, and but he also did a voice. Didn't he also do the yeah, voice of I the he, cat that like yeah. cat robot or whatever that was in light year. So he's the anti John Ratzenberger. <laughs> he, after this movie he's comes out charm, and yeah. tanks, I'm calling it now because we're going to talk about the big uh, the big hits that that are could be hits but are actually going to bomb. Um, I've said this, and I'm saying this. This is Clayton saying this. Um, <laughs> Pixar is credibly bankrupt. Um, nobody wants their uh, navel gazing bullshit anymore. Wow! And they've Ooh. been relegated to Disney Plus. And this movie, like you said, it looks like a poor man's Inside Out. I don't care if this fire woman gets with this water guy. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's all it just gonna, it's all just gonna be about mm-hmm. anxiety and existential and blah 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 blah. And you know what people want to see? Mario. They want to see Mario and Luigi and Princess in carts on the Rainbow Bridge. That's what people want to see. They want they don't want to see sad water boys and flame girls uh sitting around feeling bad about themselves. Clayton, that is there's, not what they want. There's a lot of Mario Kart and Super Mario Brothers. I'm just, I'm just saying. There is. It's there's a great, it's a, a great Mario sequence. Yeah, it's great. so funny, and I can't so wait to sleep through it. I cannot wait to sleep through it. <laughs> in what, a movie nine, theater, you have AMC ninety-three minutes. You could, you yeah. could oh my sleep God. through it in a recliner. There's, it's there, a they nap. have the AMC signature recliners that you could oh, sleep God. through a Mario screen. Pat said that I only have to be awake for. I can sleep oh. for sixty percent. You said right, Pat? Yeah, sixty percent. You could sleep That's... through sixty percent of the film, and it will count. I'll set will, an alarm for the uh, for the racing part. Now, do you guys agree with me? Obviously, I'm very, being very hard on Elemental, but do you guys agree with me that this is going to be a disappointment? Maybe not on the level of the Good Dinosaur, but no. this definitely is not going to reach the heights of some of the best of Pixar. I mean, I think this is make it or break it for Pixar. This is a huge, huge movie. If Elemental doesn't work, I do think there is a full rethinking of what the Pixar brand means, whether it is just a D plus tab and they're not making big screen theatrical movies. Obviously they could always make sequels to their franchises. You know, they're going to make a Toy Story. They'll make it fine. Smartly. Finding yeah. Nemo Jr. or, you know, whatever it is, mon- Monsters Graduate School, you know, Monsters Corp., you know, whatever it is. They'll well, yeah, the education can continue with them post grad right. and PhD and Masters. But I do think, in terms of 
original Pixar films getting big theatrical releases, if Elemental bombs or underperforms, it's a game changer for Pixar. So, I I mean, it's hard for me to. The thing is, a credo of the show is the rats need their cheese, and yeah. There's only so many kids. You can't bet against a kids movie in the summer. Obviously, Lightyear was a an abomination last summer at the box office, but that's such a special case. I don't think this will bomb. I I I'm I I think just based on the rats and eating their cheese, they're gonna see this movie. Now, listen, mm-hmm. it opens against the Flash, so maybe the Flash sucks all the air out of the room that weekend, and this. Elemental opens to, you know, $28 million and then just Oh, tanks. come on. But no. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I agree. Yeah. I think this will do fine. I don't Plus, think this will yeah. be inside out, but I don't think this will be, this will bomb. No, and you're right. Pixar has Inside Out 2 coming out next summer in the same mm-hmm. release date because they know, they know what the people want mm-hmm. and need. But Elemental has this, you know, it is about this, this, what they've shown you so far is that it's about falling in love with this water boy, but mm-hmm. what the real story is, obviously it's, 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 de- it's obviously deeper than that. Cause Pixar is really deep, right? There's yeah. this element of the story where it's kind of a, they, they run this store, you know, they run this fire store and it sells all things fire and it's, it's an elemental city, right? So there's water and there's twig people or earth people. Oh. And then it's about people, late stage capitalism, right? Jeff. Yeah, is that what it is. getting It's absolute. Oh. And it's about racism because people mm-hmm. don't like fire people. Fire people live like outside in the, like, where's the bad place in New York? Where do you guys send all the bad people? That's where they live in New York, basically. And okay. like the town is created for water people and earth people, but not fire people. So they are relegated as outsiders. But I will say this. There is this element of the father and daughter, and I, I do have a daughter, so guilty, mm-hmm. but they have this relationship and it got to me guys, like, because I think the, I think, I think something happens to the father at some oh, point boy. and, and man, I'm telling you, it just, it hooked me. I'm like, man, I, I, I get the, the, the relationship between the water boy. That's, that's fun. It's not Adam Sandler's water boy. It's just a different water boy. And, 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 and that's fine. But this part got me. And it, it rolled me up. I'm like, I'm going to have to see this thing, you know, and and I wasn't mm-hmm. sure going in, you know, and again, yeah, you're right. It opens against the flash. But then again, nothing. There's no hard feelings in Asteroid City. And then there's Ruby Gilman, which nobody's going to go see. That's Universal's film in two weeks. So uh, Elemental, again, they, they know where to place this thing. The rats are going to be out there. And they mm-hmm. guys, they haven't seen a Pixar film in theater. Not a real one. Lightyear is almost like a Disney animation or Disney plus film. That's what it felt like. Right. Yes. This is a real Pixar film. So well, yeah. we can we can we can poo poo the brand all we want. But guys, outside of the 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 good dinosaur, it's sterling. This brand is the best thing going in animation. And, and this is all this is, is Pixar bringing it back. And it's opening. And Clayton, I think this might change your tune slightly it's opening on father's day weekend it opens on friday june 16th so father's day weekend and if jeff is saying that this movie has very uh strong uh uh, fatherly themes to it you know this could be the perfect weekend for that movie i i think it's a rats need their cheese situation i think it's a rebound for pixar Uh, light year was such a special case of just a 
everyone knew that was a disaster going into it and was ready to to crap all over it. I think that Elemental will do fine. It's not going to do inside out numbers, but I think it's a rebound for Pixar. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm being a little hyperbolic about this film just because I'm not a Pixar fan truly, but again, like you said, yeah, Rats Neither Cheese Father's Day. I mean, yeah, I mean that's Pixar is being smart here in putting something back in theaters. And I do think, like you said, it's make or break. And I do think it's going to get a stay of execution. And then here's the thing. I mean, we joke it's inside out, but inside out was a huge hit. So even a pale imitation of inside out is going to do well and whet the appetite for the true sequel coming next, next summer. summer. And I think Pixar should just continue to only put out sequels until they completely have wrung that uh all of them dry and then put some of your more esoteric movies on d plus do that that's what i think you should do so we'll see though elemental if it hits it it is a boon for those uh esoteric original pixar movies if it does if it does bomb guys just just i just want to reiterate i am 51 percent hype right now because of cinemacon i had popcorn uh, for breakfast, I had Dippin' Dots. Wow. I had a Bavarian pretzel. And this is pretty amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this to the audience that can see. You see that thing? What do you got? Walking tacos? Taco. They got walking tacos, guys. Wow. So it's a, this is a Doritos that you fill up. You, you rip open the bag, right? And you put your cheese, your salsa, your mayo. You put all that in there. And then you just take this into the theater. And like you're on the streets. Oh, you know? that's amazing. So Frito-Lay I, is doing this with Fritos, Doritos, nachos, and they're bringing this into theaters. And I had one this morning and I'm like, guys, this is the greatest breakfast I've ever had, you know? So I'm also hyped up on this stuff still. So wow. again, I, I only think believe the about, big story yeah. from this whole entire podcast that is stretching into two hours plus is that Jeff Buck of Examiner Relations Co. puts mayonnaise on his taco. That I think is the biggest bombshell that we have heard, and has access it's, to said mayonnaise at a movie theater. That's yeah, it's, amazing. it's big, guys. It's the biggest thing that's going to happen this summer: the walking taco. Uh, so you know, I'm going to throw out first. Let's do yeah. some quicker hits on movies we haven't gotten to, and let me know if anyone has any strong takes on the box office for these. We have not mentioned um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem it's an animated film from paramount and this is also a seth rogan joint seth rogan evan goldberg uh were co-writers of the screenplay voice actors include hannibal burris and rose byrne and john cena and jackie chan and ice cube so a lot of seth rogan favorites and seth rogan himself paul rudd so you know, they had the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. First one was a huge hit. Second one was a bomb, even though the second one was a good movie. You always got to try again with this franchise. I think there is a chance this could be pretty successful. I mean, I think that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are sort of ever present. And they're I think on your television wrote- screens all the time. You don't. Uh, this gives me the Teen Titans Go movie. Okay. Vibes. Very great. Very strongly. A movie that opened to 10.4 million in 2018, July 27th, and made 
$29.7 million domestically. This is, there's nothing new here. This is something, there's a new cartoon. There's Seth Rogen. I think this movie makes Teen Titans go money. I do not think this is a hit. I do not think, think, you think this, what do you think this movie is going to make, Pat? Oh, I don't think this is the first Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but what did that animated TMNTTT movie make back in the day? I mean, I think this could be a movie that opens in the teens and then well, gets here's, a, uh, We'd be remiss, I'm sorry, for the people who haven't subscribed to our YouTube. You've got to subscribe to our YouTube to see that Jeff Bach is wearing merch yep. from this yep. here movie. Yep. Is it enough <laughs> to get him to shill for it? Let's oh, find Jesus. out. Jeff, yeah, Jeff. Bach. What, what do you think? Why am I why am I wearing this goddamn shirt? Well, Paramount it's a maybe great shirt. take it. Yeah, no, it's I love this graphic. And um at CinemaCon, Paramount really I mean, what does Paramount have, guys? Let's I mean, if we look at it, they have Tom Cruise, they have the Transformers, sort of. They have they used to have G.I. Joe, and they have GMT. And they, okay, yeah, they have horror. Hey, Smile 2 was confirmed there. Yes. So that's great. They have Smiles. Yeah, it's Smiles. Smiles. But but they don't have a lot going for them. So they keep rebooting this Hasbro crap. And even with Seth Rogen and he came out in a in a nice green suit and just mm. he, the crowd just ate him up. He was just making jokes left and right. They had these ninja dancers on stage going crazy with black lights and stuff. And 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 still all I could think of is you guys are crazy if you think you're going to open against the Meg 2. I'm sorry, yep. guys. The Meg 2 yes. made $500 million worldwide. Mm. So the what Meg are you doing open August 4th against the Meg 2, which looks like batshit crazy fun? And mm. that's what you're trying to push is that TMNT, Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, is batshit crazy fun. Guess what? It's You're right, Clayton. It's, it's the same old song and dance we've seen, even though you know, it has Seth, and so it's a little edgier, and the animation, they sort of copied the Spider-Verse animation, so they're trying yeah. to make it really cool like that, but I see through you, Paramount. I see through you, and I don't know why you're trying to take out Jason Statham and that, that chum. That chum is going to kill TMNT. Sorry, guys. Do now, you think Pat, Meg, this- is Meg 2 going to be a... Uh, a breakout sequel is bigger than the last movie, or do you think it could do less and still be considered a hit? Well, there's three Megs in it, guys. I'm going to spoil that because it's in the trailer. Oh, wow. There's three Megs, you guys. Wow. And you're just eating everybody. Crun- and it's crunchy time here. It's like it's like the walking taco. It's the walking shark. He just He's almost going up on land getting people. He eats a Tyrannosaurus Rex as a side to Universal saying, hey, you got your pre-store, guys? We just crunched him. Bam, your T-Rex is dead. You know, wow. so it's like uh, Warner Brothers is trying to make this, I think, into their a Fast and Furious f- franchise. Like, we're going to do some crazy shit with this shark and you guys are going to love it and eat it up. And that's it feels like it feels like they spent even more on this film. Uh, I don't know that it makes more, but God, you guys, if it if it goes into China and it, China was the number one market for the last one, it did like yeah. 150 or 60 there, right? It even it made more there than it did in America because of the connections that Chinese Middle Kingdom connection. Uh, if it does a lot there too, yeah, Warner Brothers could be looking at another five hundred million dollar hit. We'll be talking about the billion dollar Meg franchise. You guys, come on! Wow, yeah. I mean, come on. A plus on this: no Rain Wilson this time. He's dead, so therefore he cannot be in this yeah. movie. So that is a value add. His absence. 
but the original made 145 domestic. It opened up, I believe, 45. Yeah. And I think, like you said, this is just fun, dumb entertainment at the end of the summer, right? Because it's in August. Am I yeah, wrong? It's the August, first weekend. Week it's August. in the bullet train spot, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, your, your last biggie of the summer in a way. So yeah. much funner than bullet train. I mean, I think this movie may not end up making, you know, 527 worldwide. But like you said, Jeff, I mean, you know, if it hits big in China, it's a known quantity now. So mm-hmm. it could make more. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a hit. Shark and, movie. Yeah. Yeah. People shark love, movie in the summer. Who doesn't want to watch that? Yeah, I, I agree, Sharks though. I'll say I'm a I little mean, higher on the about. TMNT uh, uh, animated sequel than you guys are. So we'll see. I mean, listen, well, the, the thing with the Ninja Turtles movies are that even TMNT in 2007 opens to 24 million. Those Michael Bay movies opens to 65 and 35. The, the audience is there. I think the IP is still known. I'm not saying this is going to be a, a giant hit, huh? But I do think it's huh? going to, I think it's going to open in the high teens. I do think that there's the recognition of this IP. Seth Rogen's going to be pounding high the pavement. And I, I think there's an, is, is not good. It's that's, that's not, not good. good for this. That's not good. Well, it depends I mean, on Titans. how they budgeted that's this. Titans. I mean, it's Titans. Oh, Go it's not Titans. Movie. It's not Titans. It is Go. Titans Go movie. It it makes the same. I bet you it makes uh, the same. Gentlemen, wait, are you net, saying one dollar? Yeah. It's going to make more than Titans. Go. What about? No. Does it make as more as much as DC Super Pets? That's well. Great. Oh, it makes way less. It makes way less. Yeah, I mean, okay. but the thing okay. is, Super Pets was in a way one of the Super biggest Pets. movies of the summer last year, based on just its spot, what? and then nothing opened. After it, yeah, it just had that. If you can't beat, if you can't beat DC Super Pets, I'm sorry, you can't get a sequel. I did, oh, you can't. Super Pets made ninety three point six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is not going to sniff the butts of these Super Pets. <laughs> Sixty. Yeah. What do you, Pat? What are you calling? I want final domestic. I think I think it's going to get over. I think fifty million. I think this Ninja okay. Turtles movie gets over fifty million domestic. Okay. Nah. Okay. That's where nah. I'm going. I'm going over nah. fifty. Nah. Um. Anything else we haven't hit that we want to touch on? There's the Insidious ooh, ooh, Four, ooh, the Red ooh, Door wait, ooh, movie. Ooh, ooh, ooh. B- oh, bomb of no the more, summer, Jeff. Uh, bomb of the summer for me. After seeing a, a preview, a really mishandled preview, Disney does it again. They they can't get Haunted Mansion right. Yeah, okay, it okay. Bombs big time that last weekend of uh, July opening after Barbie and Oppenheimer both kill it, and yep. then guess what? Haunted Mansion, the, the, the Disney fans are going to go crazy. They're going to be like, oh, it's everything I ever wanted, blah, blah, blah. But there's, there, guys, there's no chemistry here with those. It's just a weird mix of leads. You know, you got Owen Wilson, you got Danny DeVito, you got so, just weirdness going on. That horror comedy, is, it's a fine line. Even the Frighteners, which I loved, you know, it struggled in theaters. They tried it with Eddie Murphy once and failed. Uh, this is R.I.P. Guys, Haunted Mansion yeah. is going down, and I bet they yeah. spent the the visual effects are great. Don't get me wrong, I love the visual effects, but it just doesn't go anywhere. It's so weird, you guys. This is bomb of the summer for me. Yeah, Pat, I, uh, listen to this cast: Lakeith Stanfield, yep, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, Dan Levy, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jared Leto. <laughs> Jared Leto in a Disney amusement 
ride film. Do you think that he, he uh, yeah, acted like he was a ghost the whole time he was on set? Do you think Absolutely. he was just scaring people on the Haunted Mansion set to stay in character <laughs> or... Or maybe even just sending feces in a box around because he's still oh, he's still that's funny saying that's he's Joker. Um, that cast is nuts. I did see this trailer before Evil Dead Rise last week. It was it was quite a, a slew of trailers for Evil Dead Rise. It looks terrible, as you said. The Eddie Murphy version in the early two thousands only made seventy three million domestic, and that was. In still a good post Nutty Professor period for Eddie Murphy, yeah. he was someone who was still making hit movies in 2003. So, Lakeith Sanfield, great actor, but he is has no star power. And Danny DeVito is, um, it's it's just been amazing that he still is around. But obviously, he's not a box office draw. There's no box office draws here. Tiffany Haddish is, I think canceled i don't know what her situation is but i feel like her star power is obviously wayne she's basically a streaming uh uh tv actress at this point there's no one here to carry this box office i've definitely seen tiffany haddish on on posters for big comedy shows around new york city that she has no right as a movie star to be on those posters because she is in a motley crew of people so she is back on the stand-up scene which is very sad for somebody who was once a burgeoning movie star. Oh no, Tiffany Haddish is doing stand up. Oh, yes. that's bad. I know, and it's, it's disturbing. Oh no, and and you want to hear something oh. even even worse, maybe than that? Oh, well, you you walk down the halls at CinemaCon, right? And there's posters of all the things that are coming out, and you get hyped. You just it's like it's like right. walking down like the yellow brick road. You're just like, oh, this is great. I just having a great time. And then I looked at one. I'm like. Tiffany Haddish in what? What what's this movie? And it's like it, it's like walking the streets or walking the and I'm just like I've never heard of this and then I look further down on this poster and it's like um yeah this is a this is a release this is a company I've never even heard of and they say it's coming to theaters this summer and I've oh. never even heard of this film that's what she's doing guys those oh, are the kind of no. films she's making now films you've never heard of and will never probably actually see in theaters, even though they say it's released and then they don't release the box office, you know, those kind of films that yes. come out uh, and then uh. you're like, Hey, can I get that box office? Can I get that, that BO? What do you guys got? And then you never hear from that company again. And it, oh, in fact, it tanks no. their company. That's the kind of film that Tiffany Haddish is starring in now. Poor folks. Tiffany oh, Haddish. She was going to be our next Eddie Murphy, our next yeah. Will Ferrell, our next Jim Carrey. And now she's back doing. I think it's called back on the, the street. Comedy Something seller. like that. You oh. Guys. Oh. oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah this, yeah. this haunted mansion. We all agree. This is going to be a disaster. Gran Turismo. There's a film version of Gran Turismo by the director of District 9, Neil Blomkamp, who has been in a rut for a long time. It's a video game movie, right? So that's something. Um, It stars David Harbour, so he's hot off a violent night. Is there anything here? It opens on August 11th from Sony Pictures. Um, PlayStation production and Trigger Street productions. Um, Here's the thing with this is that I have not seen anything about this. I know nothing about this, but my assumption Orlando is this Bloom. Is, well, <laughs> there we go. Um, he's got a huge hog, I guess. But uh, other than that... Oh, he does? Oh, I'm I, that's what I've heard. I'm in. Um, I'm in. That's, but, that's but the Turismo of, uh, in question. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the Gron. <laughs> it's the, the Gron. Gron. Yeah, for sure. Um, here's the thing. This is probably a vestige from the old way of making video game movies, which is let's take this game and try to make a story out of it that does not mm. exist in the game because it is a racing yeah. game. Yeah. And that is the old way. That is the original Super Mario's way of doing a movie, not the Super Mario Brothers current way of doing a movie. This thing's DOA. I mean, mm. it may, I mean, it, it's probably going to get a release in theaters, but yeah, it's, it's, it's done. I think. I don't so, think there's anything yeah, I here. Think that's a tough sell. And, and again, they're putting it against uh, Universal's last voyage of the Demeter, um, which, you know, not, that's nothing special in itself, but you got two kind of throwaways there at the end of the summer. You guys, we know how this goes. We've seen this story before late summer. If you're not really behind your film, you're just tossing it out there and just hoping for the best. You're just rolling the dice out there. This feels like Aaron Paul's need for speed for me, you know, mm-hmm. another film that, you know, they, they really, I think that was a Disney production. They, they wanted that to be the next fast and furious. And that was a video game property. And it just spun out and Aaron Paul was crying in the film and stuff. He thought he was like in a Scorsese mm-hmm. film in need for mm-hmm. speed. And I wonder if Orlando Bloom is going to think he's in a Scorsese film in Gran Turismo. Maybe if, if Clayton's right and he shows his hog, uh, there's a possible, it's possible that the, that it might sell a few more tickets but yeah, i yes. haven't seen a rating on that one yet yeah that would be the only with a boogie nights shot then yeah <laughs> now Classic. can we talk really quickly because i know this isn't this isn't going to be a surprise hit but we do have to talk september 1st equalizer 3 mm-hmm. we've got denzel washington you mean the equalizer oh i'm yeah, sorry the three equalizer my apologies antoine fuqua back in the seat and he's done all three of these movies, and there is not a more consistent, yeah, uh, sort of um, th- movie action ear than this. Equalizer one domestic gross one hundred one, worldwide gross mm-hmm. one ninety two. Equalizer two domestic gross one hundred two, worldwide gross one ninety. So mm-hmm. here's what I'm calling the three equalizer one hundred three mm-hmm. domestic. Yeah. Yes. And then 193 yeah. worldwide. Wow. And that's my call. I love it. D- Dakota Fanning back in this Ooh. bitch. And yeah. I just think when I saw this trailer online and now, um, Jeff, did they show that trailer at CinemaCon? Oh, yeah. They were hyping that. In fact, that was their big end. They're like, yeah. look at this shit. Look at this, mm-hmm. guys. You're gonna you're gonna want to see the threequalizer. Um, the only thing that could go wrong for Sony if, is if they don't really change the title to the threequalizer. Because I think mm-hmm. people yes, need yes. to know that 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 word threequal exists. Like it doesn't just exist mm-hmm. in twi- film Twitter. It's a real word. People use yeah. threequal all the time. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 calling it the threequalizer, I think, legitimizes that. You know, so let's yeah. just if they do that. I'm going to just, I'm going to say this right now, 203 worldwide. Wow. Uh, You got to get a three in there. I love that. And I hope that is true. Boost to 10 million. So that's Clayton and I's bet, I think. I do love that Denzel doesn't water down his action like um, Bonafides by doing a lot of action movies, right? The Liam Neeson, and listen, the guy's a mensch. He's a great man. 
but he waters down his product so much because he's in so many and Denzel comes out with these equalizer movies and you know, they're going to be bangers. And I think that really is a benefit to him because listen, he could be doing these kinds of movies till the cows come home, but the equalizer and the sequelizer, the three equalizer, those, those mean quality. Those mean something. And so I do think this is going to continue its winning streak. And like we said, it's going to bump up from the last one. Not huge, but just enough. Keep this thing going. Yeah. All right. I mean, so here, I, what an what a ending for the summer. This is a great ending. We should yep. always have a big sequel on Labor Day weekend. Yes. I'd love that. So real quick, we've gone through everything. Let's go around and based only on domestic let's give everyone's let's go four deep i want each to give our top four domestic in order for the summer of 2023 um and you know what i will go first here and i will say the number one movie of the summer man Am uh, I am I gonna go with? Am I? Yeah, going you with should. The Flash. You should. You should. Am I Whoa. doing it? I think Woo. I gotta go. Get. Flash. I mean, I think Holy God. Man. I don't want to have two superhero movies, That's but it's it. tough not to have Guardians next because yeah. Guardians is a guaranteed three hundred million. Yeah. Um. So I might have to go Guardians next. Um. Here's where I'm gonna go. This I think this movie's gonna go nuts. I think Barbie's gonna go bananas. And You're I, gonna put that over Little Mermaid. Oh my god, Little Mermaid. Oh, oh, so See, I should have okay, said anything. I should have let you step in. Yeah. No, no, you're yeah, right. You I, I'm I'm yeah. scrolling through. I, <laughs> Sorry, I think Jeff. it's I think Jeff, it's Flash we step and sit. Shit, we Flash dang it. Mermaid, then Guardians, then yeah. I mean it could be. You gotta Barbie throw your Indian in there, then, don't you? You gotta throw your Indian there. Come on. If I was gonna really say. I, I think star, it's gonna Barb. I'm gonna go Barbie and and Indy. I think Indy's gonna uh, be is gonna be big. So I'm going. You think Barbie's Indy. gonna be bigger than Indy? Yes, I think Barbie is going Whoa. to go banana. Supernova banana. Okay. So I think that singular, we're going singular banana. Oh my god! I haven't even said Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. See, this is tough. You, I this mean, Mission Impossible is not going to be top four. It's not going to be top four. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to stick five. with my five. I'm going to stick with my five. five. I'm going to stick with my five. So I'm going Flash and then Mermaid and then uh, Guardians and then Barbie and then Indy. Spider-Verse on the outside. And uh, uh, what was the other one we just said on the outside? Uh, dead reckoning um, on the outside. I'll, I'll go five, with that's yeah. where I'm going. Seven, eight. Yeah. So, so we're doing top fives. To let's do top fives. Yeah. Let's do top okay. fives. Now, Jeff, as our guest, I, Pat like rudely just went first. Um, <laughs> and we that's why we should have let him step in shit, which we did not. Well, but the, Jeff, for, I, 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 I heroically went first because it's the toughest yeah, spot. No, it is tough. It is tough because yeah. I was st- I'm still having trouble. Like you know, yeah. I usually have my top. 10 picked, but not until midnight 
on the Thursday before the summer season starts. Like yeah, that's, yeah, I yeah. give myself until that time. So yes. me putting it out here early, like I might change it, but for totally. now, after what we, after what we've talked about, obviously, like I already said it, if, if little mermaid is number one worldwide, but domestic, uh, that's, that's a different question. Uh, you know what? I'm going to still leave it there at number one, just because okay. it's, it's a known quantity. And, and mm-hmm. I just think it, it's, it's, it's going to work. And like I said, I'm, I'm still at, I'm at like, I'm at 53% hype right now, guys. I even hype myself up more talking to you about all this stuff. So, um, since I have seen the flash and know what it's capable of, you know, guys, I, I'm still going to drop that in the top five. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think that people outside listening to this will probably be like, are you guys, cr- you guys are crazy, right? You guys are nuts. The flash can't do that. The, all the Ezra stuff, but I've just, we saw what Spider-Man did no way home with, with, with all these great surprises. And this is like, this is the DC film, honestly, that, that those fans have been so patiently waiting for all these years, like a yeah. fun, dramatic, well-made film. I mean, this is the director of the it series, which I, I like both of those films. I thought they were really well done. And he just does a really good job juggling all of this stuff. He also said that he thinks that Ezra Miller is the best actor he's ever worked with guys, just to per- put this in perspective wow. um, for a director to go out on a limb saying that about this guy tells you a lot. And, and I'm here to tell you, Ezra is so freaking good in this and it might make wow. you mad because but I don't know the guy person. I don't know what he did. I don't know what's been overblown or what's real. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that he hasn't been convicted of anything, right? He's not in jail. Um, but I also is- think most people, Jeff, sorry not to interrupt you, yeah, but yeah. I think most people don't know what they did or yeah. what's going on. Yes. They just want to see a superhero movie. Yes. They just want to see Michael Keaton, huh? Yes. Uh, You're not on uh, Twitter yeah. all day getting outraged. And listen, if there are victims in this, I feel bad for them. And God forbid, I'm not minimizing anything that no. this person did. I'm not. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is just brass tacks facts. Most people don't follow that stuff. They, yeah. Don't. Yeah, they don't. They know. just want a good time at the movies. And, and that's exactly, yeah. That's what yeah. this is. And Ezra is so good that if he didn't have that baggage, I think he would be in talks of joining the A-list because of his wow. performances in this thing. He's wow. he's just, he's incredible. He's, it's comedy. It's drama. It's, he has this hyper manic energy that you've already seen in these other films, but never sustained like he does here. He has a whole arc to what he does with these characters and it's incredible, you guys. That's why I'm saying he upstages the great nutsy Michael Keaton, um, which is no small feat. Plus, when you when we talk about Easter eggs, when we talk about the end of the summer, when we we get together and oil each other up over mm-hmm. Labor Day, like we always oh, do, we right? We got well, you. yeah. We will be talking about these Flash Easter eggs because they're oh, that incredible. So yeah, I'm putting it number two, and I'm putting uh, I'm still gonna put. I'm still going to put guardians right under that at three. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then I'm going to go, I'm going to go indie four just because of that, that great release date. And, um, God, you know, (laughs) I, it's going to be so close. Like Barbie's right there. It's right there. And I want to, but I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to Tom Cruise. I'm going to give that boost. I'm going to have MI jump into that fifth spot. Wow. Okay. Love it. Love it. 
Wow. Okay. Well, here we go. So I am gonna. I'm going to go mermaid number one. Okay. I just feel like, like we've all said that's one of the biggest of that golden foursome. And I think it's going to have the biggest domestic number one, number two, I think flash. I agree. I just think that this has so much going for it. And I think people are going to really, I mean, it's getting so much great, so many great reviews. I mean, from yourself, Jeff, from Tom Cruise, yeah. From so many people. That's going to be number two. Yeah. I do oh. think Guardians comes in number three. As much as we're down on this movie, I do think people are going to rush to see it. Uh, I'm not as high on Barbie as you guys. I mean, I'd love it to be huge. I'd love Noah Baumbach. I love Greta Gerwig. I, I really want it to be big. I just don't know if it's going to make my top five. I do think it's going to be a hit. But as much as I poo-poo indie, you guys got me with that release date and the fact that you know there's a ton of people who like those films and will go see any old crap and it's james mangold i mean yeah we i mean bury the lead there and i know people don't go see that move movies because of the director but this guy knows his way around a directing chair Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put that in at number four and then number five i gotta give it to my man tom uh Mm. mission impossible dead reckoning I Clayton want and it to I have the same pits. We have the same pits. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Madness. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's number five. That's what I like to see. Uh, That's what I like yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's I'm sorry. Great I, it's going to $5. That's what I thought. It's a great <laughs> shirt. So we... It's a, better than a movie. A, a shirt does not make a movie. A, sh- a T-shirt is not a ticket, my friend. So oh, we, are, damn, we are pretty... We're pretty much uh, in lockstep on what we think the top six or so films are going to be. No you one know, said Elemental, it, though. If, as if much one as jumps in, that. If, if one is jumps yep. in, uh, Elemental, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And, and, and well, the, he, one, the one none of us said, which also could jump in there, is Spider-Verse. Yes, yeah, Spider-Verse you know, could. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think there's and a clear top, you know, guess, six to eight movies. Can we each pick our one bomb though, too, or uh, two bombs? Because I—that's always that's part of the fun. We celebrate the good and the bad. I'm just going to jump in. I already said Haunted Mansion is going to be number yeah. one, but number two, guys, is one we haven't even mentioned yet because it's so bad. And in fact, at CinemaCon, they didn't even have a presence—not even a presence. And this film opens, guys. This opens in three weeks, and nobody said a word about this eighty million dollar film from Ketchup entertainment it is ben affleck's hypnotic with robert rodriguez directing it guys this no what? no studio no. wanted to touch this thing what is they didn't this want to touch this thing it is this film that robert rodriguez made uh, at the at the disillusion uh, you know the uh what was it solstice entertainment yeah, solstice solstice studios. Studios. yes remember they green they said you know what we have such a big hit with this Russell Crowe film that we're going to, we're starting our own studio. We're going to make this thing work. We're going to spend 80 million on this Ben Affleck film. They didn't even get to, they didn't even make it till it's released. They died and catch up entertainment. Who's they've released a couple little things you've never heard of. I mean, even Lionsgate wouldn't touch this. Even roadside attractions wouldn't touch this thing. Guys, 
you know what? CinemaCon hypes up the summer films. That's what it's there for. That's what it does. Catch Up Entertainment didn't even put up a poster in the Hall of Posters where we saw Tiffany Haddish's straight-to-video poster. That's how wow. bad Catch wow. Up Entertainment now, is doing promoting this thing. Even the all the all the theater owners in America don't even know this thing existed. It opens in one, two, three weeks, guys. The week after Guardians of the Galaxy 3, an $80 million film will get beat by Book Club the next chapter. It, it'll well, get beat badly by those ladies. Wow. Can we really quickly pour out uh, some walking taco for Solstice Studios, yes. which yes. really did what Tenet couldn't out. do. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There we go. Thank you, Jeff. Um, did what Tenet couldn't do, which was keep the hard tops going with Unhinged. I mean, that movie will always have a place in history yes. when we eventually all write the book on the COVID box office years. That is going to be a huge chapter. Solstice yep. Studios, its rise, its fall. It's sad to see <laughs> this. Talk about a bonkers cast list. Ben Affleck, William Fickner, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That is going to be such an interesting film. And yeah, I do agree. It, there's no promotion for it, so it'll completely bomb. But, it, you know, sad for Solstice Studios. Uh, we, we, we had such high hopes for you. Yeah. The fact that their <laughs> Souls of Studios is stooped now to teaming up with ketchup entertainment. That is a, it's a yeah, sad they, spot. They it's probably sold spot. it for like five bucks. Honestly. I mean, nobody wanted to touch this thing, guys. It's just, it's so sad. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's just going to get, it's going to get run over. Like it's going to be, it's going to be bad. And I think maybe that's why they didn't show up at CinemaCon. They just didn't want to answer any questions, but then why release it guys? Like it doesn't make any sense, but movies are back because this kind of shit happened all the time. Pre pandemic. Um, all right. I'm going to jump in with a couple of bombs. Um, Go for it, sir. Transformers. We've all agree. I mean, we all agree this is going to bomb. Listen, yeah. I'm going to throw out here a bomb in terms of what it's supposed to do versus what I do think it's going to do. And Jeff, you made a you were passionate about this film, and I, I I believe everything you say about it. But I think Oppenheimer is going to bomb. I Ooh, think it's going to be wow. a relative bomb. Woo! What the expectations are? I think Barbie is going to trample it. It's going to open to its forty or whatever it's going to open to. But I do think, like Clayton said, people want the fun at the box office. This feels to me like this should be opening in in the fall. This is a fall Oscar play movie. I know that uh, uh, Nolan wants his late July slot, but this does not feel like a summer flick to me. And I think Oppenheimer is going to make way less than Dunkirk. It's going to make way less than Interstellar. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in tenant territory, but I think this is going to bomb. So Oppenheimer is my my bomb of the summer. Wow, a bomb. A movie about a bomb is going to bomb. Yep. How oh, ironic that that's, would be. That is headlines, man. Yeah, that's uh, headlines. Especially since everybody in Hollywood, at least everybody who's not in Barbie, is in Oppenheimer. So it's like, mm -hmm. you're on. if you're on one of the cast, it's like, if you're not on either of those cast lists, do you even act, bro? Seriously. Yeah. Like, you, you could, call you your could be in Asteroid City. You could be in Asteroid yeah, okay, City okay. if you're not if, in one of those. You got to be in one of those three films. One otherwise, of those three, you're yeah. not even, you're not acting, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Then you're working well, for that's, Ketchup Studios. Yeah, shots yeah. fired at Jack Earl Haley, but yeah. uh, oh, yeah. you know, Sorry, he Jackie. he got his Oscar nom nom nom, so it's good. Pat, Dude, do you have any Freddy, more? I'm sorry. He's Freddy Krueger. He was Freddy yeah. Krueger too. That's cool. Yeah. So those are my those are my my two big ones. Um, good. I, I like what you're doing with. I mean, I don't agree, but I mean, if it goes that way, Pat, you will have called that, and, and I respect yeah. that. I yeah. love the balls on you for that, Pat. I love the balls. I gotta say, I I, yeah. I don't do think it. it's gonna do Baffa Bobo the way his other movies have done, but it's. It'll be hard for me to call it a bomb because I do think the History Channel dads are going to come out for it. Yeah. But still, great ballsy pick. For my bombs, I mean, I kind of agree with all you guys. You've really been picking some good turds here. But one that we kind of mentioned a little bit was the uh, Lionsgate film that opens the 26th of May about my father starring Sebastian Maniscalco. Mm. and robert de niro <laughs> also leslie bibb david rashi who sledgehammer come on um killing it on succession he's great i mean he's he's a guy that's been working uh continuously he is a great man but i don't think he's going to do enough to save this movie so i think that is going to be a bomb that seems like a very easy call though you know because who's really going to go see that movie but going down, I'm trying to see if there's anything that I feel like is going to really blow it. Clayton, what do you feel about The Machine starring Burt Kreischer? Well, uh, the, that's going to completely tank, but I'm just not even sure if that's coming out in theaters. It can't. It won't. So mm-hmm. that Clayton, feels you, to me. Yes. Clayton, do you think, though, that because of how great and we all agreed on this the war with grandpa was yes. that robert de niro doesn't just have these people who want to see him in a comedy again and they'll think mm-hmm. maybe this is hey is this war with grandpa too i don't know maybe yeah is that a possibility the, there's no grandson i feel like in this whole cast list so people will know i mean yeah it, it, andrew's home andrew's home yeah oh. i mean I, it's I about still, my father war with grandpa, you know, it's like right. kind of the same thing, right? Hopefully. <laughs> I, st- I still think that it's probably going to do poorly. And just because I'm not seeing anything else, that's really going to bomb. I kind of think Joyride might not mm. do so well. Also because there's only one movie that's that's called joyride and it's the horror film Mm. from the 2000s starring uh starring steve zahn and who else was it the 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 late great paul walker oh Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. paul was it yeah so i I just think that there's going to be a confusion they're going to be like wait is this a re-release what's going on here so unfortunately i hope it proves me wrong i hope it proves me wrong but i think john john Dahl, the director underrated director um of uh of joy the original joyride Mm -hmm. um guys Mm -hmm. went to montana state university same same as me guys montana state go mascot what's the mascot go bobcats go bobcats oh look at that you know how it is John Dahl. X. Who would have thought? 
I mean, I think uh, I think someone owes you some free tickets to see this joyride because the original was directed by someone who went to the same college as you. So there you go. Because they they showed it at CinemaCon and uh, I had uh, other things going on. Sorry. Oh, sorry, boy. sorry, joyride. Sorry. All right, joyride. I think sorry. I think you nailed it then, Clayton. If 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 yeah. this was a Jeff Bach pass at CinemaCon, then it does not bode well for the BO. So yeah, I mean, this here's the here is the takeaway that I'll throw out for this summer is it feels a lot better than it did last summer. It, it oh, like right so off the better. bat, these yeah. weekends are stacked and listen, you could poo-poo the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and we could poo-poo Blue Beetle. And, but these are August releases that have some name value. And compared to last August, it is night and day. And you look at this mm-hmm. May, June and July schedule week after oh, week, yeah. there are, big movies every week you've got your oppenheimer barbie weekend you've got your elemental versus what indiana jones or or in uh, elemental versus the flash like we've got actually double blockbuster weekends yeah this summer so it is a true return to form i am very excited going into the summer so and i am too one last thing we've got it because we covered everything. This was so, we covered every single movie except for a movie that you just briefly mentioned. And we will just hit this really quickly. Book Club, the next chapter that opens the 12th of May. Mm-hmm. Does it make more than the original Book Club, which topped out at 68? Does it or Ooh. does it get close but no cigar? This is I to got, me a another Downton Abbey sequel situation uh-huh, where it just okay. didn't quite live up because most of the audience died since the last one, guys. Sorry to be that's so true, dour, possible, but oh, yeah. I think it's I think it's I think it's true. I think it's true, uh, and yeah, and, you know, it's just that's life, man. That is life, yeah. and sometimes you don't get to see the sequel. Wow. Yeah, we, there's we no saw next that chapter with, for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Do you think it makes yeah. fifty? Do you think it gets to fifty? Uh, Forty-four. I think is nice. 44. 44. Okay. And I think 80 for Brady was this weird mind, uh, mind fuck for a lot of that audience who thought 80 for Brady was a book club to uh, yeah. movie. And that movie topped out at 39 domestic. So listen, I, I'm, I think book club two is going to get to 50 because if 80 for Brady got to 39, the real deal should beat it by 10 million or so. But I agree. There's no way it gets to that 72. That first one was that was, was an event. Incredible. That, so uh, I, but I, I think it could get to 50. I think it's good well, to top got, 80 for Brady. I mean, that was the OG because there were so many pretenders to the throne that came out after it, like yeah. Palms, uh, right. like you said, 80 for Brady. There was so many movies that jumped on the tail. The Diane Keaton switcheroo movie from mm-hmm. last summer. I just D feel like Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda is just she's overplayed her hand right now. She's mm. been in too many films, you know, and sometimes sometimes that can work against you like the Nick Cage dealio, you know. Yeah. He's just he overplayed his hand doing all those crappy movies and so you release a good one in theaters and people are like, "No, I'm sorry, man. You, yeah. you have to the make yourself films. special. Sorry, we can't go Leo, we can't support you." Yeah. Leo makes yeah. himself and, and special. Jane Fonda, the Joker, you know, makes himself special. Yes. Jane Fonda yes. not making herself yes. special. Jane Fonda. All right, guys. She's she's working out in too many of these films. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we did it. 
this was an incredible, incredible summer preview befitting what should be an incredible summer. Um, I think we hit them all. I mean, and there, and then of course there is the please don't destroy film coming in August, which Clayton, is this a pop star situation? It's a pop star situation. Listen, love those guys. I'm so glad that they have uh, a new uh, viral video stars on SNL but sorry, uh, it's not. I mean, people can see them on situation. their phones. It's a pop star situation. Yeah. Yeah. And Boogeyman, which we didn't talk about, which they did screen at CinemaCon. Guys, I, again, you know how Stephen King is. It's hit and miss. And this is just one of those misses. You know, it just mm-hmm. is. You know, mm-hmm. hey, hey horror is going to do what horror is going to do. And they didn't spend a lot on this. So it's not a huge bomb. But it's just it's not going to do what Insidious the Red Door does, which will do some serious business. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So I think we've done it. It's going to be a great summer and we will get together at the end of the summer and we're going to oil up oh, and yeah. we're going to yeah. talk about Baby all oil. those flash cameos. Oh, she, you guys, you guys are going to, I mean, yeah. the oil will be flowing. Wow. That's going to be a guys. huge YouTube video when we film it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On Labor Day. Yeah. We should do it on Labor Day, you know. Uh, that Monday, do the summer wrap up. That would be pretty ideal, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. So there you go. Meet us back here. We're going to be shirtless and oiled up, and we're going to be recapping the summer in a couple of months. It's going to be huge. Biggest YouTube video of all time. Oh, God. So, Can't wait, guys. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for being part of the summer movie preview. Where can Wanna Be O Boys, Wanna Be O Girls, Wanna Be O People, people. follow your great work? Guys, if you want to see what happened and want to know the inside story of what happened at CinemaCon this last weekend, this last week, just go to at ERC box office on Twitter. You'll find all the tweets. Most of them were done in the dark with a lot of people over my shoulders asking, accusing me of taking pictures, which I did not. But these people, they're like, you took a picture. I like, no, I didn't. They're like, let me see your phone. I'm like, no. Um, Anyways, that's where you're going to find all the juicy stuff about CinemaCon, go to at ERC boxes office on Twitter. And if you really want to hang out, go to CinemaCon next year. You guys should be there. We should all go to CinemaCon. It's a good, it's good, clean fun. I I mean, as you were saying it, talking about it, I think that is a must. I think the BO boys yeah. have to go to CinemaCon. Yes. 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 A, podcast yeah. from CinemaCon. It has to happen guys. It's yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. It's time. I agree. The time has come. It's It's time. Okay, it's, it's done. Next year, at exactly this time, we will be doing this show, the summer preview show in Vegas. Boom. Yes. Yes. Vegas, baby. Strip. Vegas, baby. Yes. Vegas, Yes, baby. we are also money, and we don't even know it. So, Clayton, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, listeners can email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Listen, follow us at whatever's in the links below. It is nearing 2 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, so <laughs> I think we have done everything you possibly could do i don't think there's anything left to say clayton except for until next time we'll We'll smell smell you you at